personally, I think Bitcoin is the beanie babies of currency. <laughs> Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. And Sunday, March 10th, 2013. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination Episode 494. This is No Agenda. Dodging the South by Southwest celebrity surge in the Travis Heights hideout where SoCo meets MoFo in the capital of the Drone Star State. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And from Northern Silicon Valley, where I'm distracted by photos, I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Craig Vaughn Buzzkill in the morning. <laughs> no, that's uh, not a photo, John. That's an animated GIF. Well, we pronounce some GIF out here in the that, West Coast. You know, I've always wondered about that because I think that New Yorkers always said GIF. And the West Coast, I was surprised because in the in the in the first dot com boom, uh, we always said gifs. It was progressive rendering of the gifs, and of the gifs. I'm sorry. See, now I'm saying it. What no, is it? It's a GIF. But it's a G, so it's not a J. Oh, oh, oh G. So that always is hard. Giraffe, for example, is a giraffe. <laughs> Gur animals. Yes. Girl. It's not a girl. GI. Okay, let's let's look at GI. So you have GI giraffe, right? But that but when it's that's a G, right? But it's not jural. But it's not jural. Why is it not jural then? Hey, that's a beautiful jural over there. If it's giraffe, why is it not jural? And by the way, I have a wife who asks me these questions all the time, and I feel well, stupid. I can't answer. Just the fact that English is wacky. <laughs> but is there somewhere a rule that explains that why it's oh, giraffe? And it's one of those English wacky things. There's tons of them. Uh, but whom, where is, is it, where is this rule book? Honor. What? Honor. Oh, I'm honored. <laughs> um, See, that's another one. Uh, funny you say that. Should we kick off with our president? Oh, you got your president. The president should always be at the front of the <laughs> at the top, the top of the show. Hit it. Um, so I was he was it was you know how he always starts off with Heil everybody. Yeah, Heil Hitler. No, Heil everybody. Oh, he okay. starts off today kind of with a, a demure kind of like. Oh, hi, everybody. Listen, listen. Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. Nah. He doesn't sound really happy about it. Well, maybe he's not. Well, hi, see. everybody. Hi, everybody. As I've said before, my top priority as president is making sure we do everything we can to reignite the true engine of America's economic growth. This is news to me. What is the top priority of the president, John? I just have to keep asking. Defend the Constitution. Thank you. Okay. Now, apparently it's not. It's to, what was it again? To make sure everybody's happy? What was it? Let me just, hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. As I've said before, my top priority as president is making sure we do everything we can to reignite the true engine of America's economic growth. What is the true engine of America's economic growth? <laughs> oh, no, I think you're just getting by. <laughs> well, that's interesting you say that. <laughs> A rising, thriving middle class. Yesterday, we received some welcome news on that front. We learned that our businesses added nearly 250,000 new jobs last month. The unemployment rate fell to 7.7%. Very interesting, because I've learned now to go to uh, shadowstats.com, and uh, the shadow stats could not be diverging further from these numbers. Oh, I, you know, I haven't looked at it recently. <laughs> no, you've taught me this. Was this was yeah, your no, I teachings? I always look at it, but yeah, I, I try to look at it every only every so often so I can have a big surprise. Well, check it out. So here is reflected in the 2013 first quarter numbers. Still going up. The red line goes down. That is the official, the official numbers. And the, but the blue line, the shadow stats, including the U, U6 and everything that the, that belongs in it. Is going up. 
it's diverging even more. Anyway, let's get back to the core of the, uh, America's economic engine. Shadow stats Still- numbers are not well, – I'm sorry. Let me stop. Yeah. The shadow stat numbers – and people should go to shadowstats.com and look at the real unemployment rate – are not good. No. <laughs> no. No. Not at all. Put but bull crap back on. Too high but now lower than it was when I took office. Our businesses have created jobs every month for three years straight. Nearly 6.4 million new jobs in all. Our manufacturers are bringing jobs back to America. Our stock market has rebounded. (laughs) It's bubbling. (laughs) New homes are being built and sold at a faster pace. Mm -hmm. And we need to do everything we can to keep that momentum going. All right, what can we do? That means asking ourselves three questions every day. Oh, get a pen. Let me get my pen. Yes, get a pen. Three questions, three questions every day. Number one. How do we make America a magnet for new jobs? Hmm. What is the end? Why do we make America a magnet for new jobs? What do you think? What could the answer be to that? Oh, oh hold on. You're, you're crapping out. Yeah, how do we make it a magnet for new jobs? We make it a magnet for new jobs. Yeah, uh, so like, so you know, we... Inventing something or getting an industry to take off like a rocket? I guess so. Let's uh, check the second one. How do we equip more of our people with the skills those jobs require? Oh, okay. Got it. That's that's a tough one. Well, we got to teach people how to flip burgers. <laughs> Obviously. Because here is the true engine of, of America is number three. And how do we make sure that your hard work leads to a decent living? Ah, of just getting by. <laughs> Hi, everybody. We just want you to have a decent living. Decent. Define decent for me. It means you have clothes on, right? Well, I think you have sh- food, shelter, and clothing, yes, no, and water. No, I disagree. You, when you, you know when you're in the bathroom when someone comes in and says, are you decent? That's, all, that's basically, do you have clothes on? What is the so just a, so you're you're taking the, fr- the the phrase, a British phrase, I might add. Mm-hmm. Americans would never say that. No, no of course not. Are you are you decent? <laughs> Let's decent. let us see the definition of the word decent for a second. Uh, decent, uh, characterized by conformity to recognized standards of propriety or morality, meeting accepted standards, morally upright or respectable. Uh, so the first definition, according to Miriam, is polite or respectable. So you just have to be polite. Polite, yeah, that would be clothed. Poli- yeah, I'm, this, I'm kind of correct in my assumption here. Decent. Yeah, I suppose if you somebody say you're decent, they say no, and they f- fling open the door, and they're standing there naked, shaking. <laughs> hey, how you that doing? That has to be our driving focus. That has to be our driving focus. Just getting by a decent living. Our North Star. Our North Star. Oh. Ooh, North Star. <laughs> and at a time when our businesses are gaining a little more traction, the last thing we should do is allow Washington politics uh, to get in the way. All right, shut up. I'm tired of you now. There you go. Well, anyway, that's uh, the president at the top of the show. In the morning to you, John C. Dvorak. In the morning to you, Adam Curry. In the morning, all ships at sea, boots on the ground, feet in the air, subs in the water, and all the dames and knights out there. Very uh, important to also thank our uh, artists uh, who always operate on the value-for-value model by uh, getting a little bit of exposure for their artwork, and I think just jollies, really, if they're chosen. Martin J.J. This, by the way, was a tough call. Very tough call. We were very, we were on the fence between several submissions from Tice Browers for episode 493, um, uh, but, you know, we you know, we had a meeting, and it, it was Martin J.J., so please, uh, Tice, do not be discouraged. And, of course, all the art is available to be seen and used 
at noagendaartgenerator.com. And, uh, of course, uh, I am coming to you from the uh, party capital currently. I was watching the CNNs this morning. I saw uh, Kara Swisher of uh, all the, the all things D. What is she? She's a uh, journalist, right? Hello? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, so she's doing an interview hungover. In a leather jacket <laughs> with her with her Ray Ban sunglasses on on CNN. For, I, She's on TV with sunglasses yes, on. Yes, with like no. com, yeah, completely hungover, <laughs> completely hammered. Like yeah, yeah, South by man, it's where it's happening. All right. Well, she was at South by. Yes, yes. And giving her report. Yeah. <laughs> Every this year, the celebrities are off the hook, and they all literally selling something. Everybody is selling something. And um, it's very interesting to uh, witness this right off uh, South Congress. Um, not me. I'm people. Dutch people are bumping into me. Hey, hey! Wow, you live here. It's awesome. I love Austin. It's fantastic. Ah, amazing. I said, so what are you doing? Oh, we, oh, we're learning all kinds of things, and we're shopping. Okay, gotcha. It's just party. It's, it is an excuse to throw down. And party. I don't think much gets done. Witness my um, canard of a session yesterday. Um, Did you get any of the Kara Swisher clip? Swisher clip. <laughs> Can't no. say it. No, no. I was. I was oh. No, I was get, doing important things. I didn't get Kara Swisher. Nuts. So I had this speech yesterday, and uh, I, 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 I have to say, could not have been more shit. Why? Uh, well, let me remind you that uh, the South by people, I guess, had something to fill. And now I kind of know what they had to fill. Um, and they asked me initially if I wanted to interview. They might be giants, but then they might be giants bailed. And then the guy's like, well, you know, I'll still honor you with the two platinum passes, which I thought was a pretty good deal. You know, that's like a $3,000 value. Oh, for, well, that's not bad for, for a home game. Come on, for a home game. Yeah, $3,000 pass for, a, for an event that, you know, why can't you just... Go roaming around. What do you need to pass to get into the to the things? There's what a, things? Well, that's the part. All the actions after work. Not in the bars. In, well. That's not entirely true. Um, the, the, there's a lot of uh, there's some, like the future of porn. Thousand dollar pass. It costs three thousand. You're, no, you're kidding per, me. Fifteen hundred per pass for the platinum pass. Fifteen hundred. But it's for. Okay, so it costs fifteen hundred dollars. Yes. It's to go for, listen to a bunch of douchebags. Yeah. Uh, so it's for film, interactive, and music because you can buy separate passes uh, for just the interactive or just the film. Or interactive? What does that mean? You get bump into people? Hey, get out of my way! <laughs> there was actually a, a friend of mine uh, from Holland was here, and he went to I didn't know, I didn't even know it existed South by Southwest EDU uh, educational, which started last week. And you know what the topics were? Get this: serious gaming. There's an entire industry of game developers making training materials, mainly for governments, of course, uh, that are games. Like, <laughs> yeah, like first-person shooters on how to, you know, work in the classroom, I guess. I don't know. It's like, but this is a well, real I industry. Mm. It's huge. Anyway, so, so that, you know, so I, I got the passes. and like, okay, that's cool. You know, and, and I don't mind doing my, you know, honing my speech. You know, I'm still trying to get some actual work doing that on the road to supplement the income. So like, okay, that'll be a good experience, and I'm sure some people will show up. Well, so this is the first year that they have events south of the river, that being Lady Bird Lake. 
Uh, at Dell Hall. Now, Dell uh, Hall is where the Philharmonic Art Orchestra performs. This is like, I don't know, like a 2,000 seat. Or I don't know how big this thing is. It's huge. Yeah, like, I'd love to go to that. Yeah, well. I'd love to give a speech to that if, if you fill it up. Yeah, if there were people there. <laughs> and, uh, and if, see, the problem is, if you wanted to come see my speech, you have first had to find a way to get south of the river. And wasn't it right in with everything else? No, no, no. This is new. It's south of the river, so it's not by the convention center. It's over by Dell Hall, which is a separate entity. Dell, and, as in Michael Dell, he has a hall now in Austin. Oh yeah. yeah, Michael and Susan. Yeah, they built a beautiful hall. I mean, it's beautiful. It's sure a, it is. It's basically an or, uh, an opera hall. So it's fantastic for shows, etc. So yeah, and it was you know of course it was raining as it does at South by. So you have to get down past the river, go to the hall. Um, and of course, you know, that was the only attraction there was me at that moment. But if you did that, then you would never be, well, you're a famous celebrity. Ah, you must've packed them in. You would never make it back in time to stand in line to see the keynote by Elon Musk. Oh, you're up against Elon Musk's keynote. No, no worse. I'm up against the line to get into Elon Musk's keynote. Uh. That's how sad it was. So you had nobody there. Yeah, and I had 20 people. <laughs> 20. Hi, boys. Let's of go which, get a beer. That's wait, what I had said. Of which, of which, half I knew by name. <laughs> and uh, and um, so Ms. Mickey, of course. Uh, Sir Gene. Uh, uh, he's in from, uh, from Dallas. Uh, Dame Francine Hardaway sat in front and heckled me. <laughs> Good for her. And heckled me on your behalf. Ah, she's, like, she's like you guys. You guys don't. You guys do shit marketing, and your partner really sucks. I'm like, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Mickey, of course, is now madly in love with Dame Francine. Have you ever met her? No. Oh, she's fantastic. I don't get out much. Oh no, she is. Uh, she's a powerhouse. She really is. But she's like, I want to. You guys got to do marketing. <laughs> she's really mad at us. <laughs> which is kind of <laughs> kind of cool. So actually, I benefited uh, tremendously. You know, and of course, it, it's great after you do a speech in Dell Hall and then jump off the stage and shake everyone's hand individually. And it only <laughs> takes five minutes. So I'm surprised uh, it took that long from the sounds of it. Right. So the South by people should be ashamed of themselves, first of all, for putting me in that position. Uh, but, yeah, but and, and let me guess, no pay. Oh, I got two passes. Oh, yeah. I get, well, that's actually, well... Yeah, third place is four passes. Give me a break. Oh, no, that's not true. No, no one even gets the passes when they speak. And oh, well, that's a plus. Okay, yeah, well, at least you, yeah. you, you you made out. Yeah. So, but what's sad to to me is that people would rather stand in line to go watch an overhyped British douchebag talk about South, bad, South African, uh, a South African. That's right. He's South African. Um. Talk about you know his model rocketry hobby and his battery cars, then learn how you can actually make a living doing your art. Yeah, well, they, 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 <laughs> Elon Musk is a big big deal. Yeah, have you ever met him? Because I I've met him and I you know I've I missed found, meeting I found, him a couple of times. I'll probably meet him one of these I days. Found, I, I found him to be. Uh, uh, we have a, a a saying in Dutch: "Over the paard getilt." Which means he's been hoisted up on the horse so high he fell off on the other side. Huh. He's a good phrase. Uh, yeah. He's, well, he hasn't fallen off yet that I can tell. No, but he's, ah, oh, it's just like, you know, his shit don't stink. Like, look, oh, I pooped on the ground, but it doesn't smell because I am Elon Musk. 
I take yeah, it. Yeah, well, that's a, there's an. <laughs> I think it's pretty hard to avoid that when you're when you've done. I mean, he's really good at finding talent to uh, design and implement all these these ideas of his. And well, then, PayPal, of and course. And then what's even amazing. better is that he he manages to put all these people together, and then he takes credit for it all. Yeah, and they don't care. Yeah, <laughs> they, they love him. Oh, shit it's on my head. Yeah, shit on my head, Elon. I love it. Yeah. I mean, PayPal, of course, is fantastic. It wasn't him alone. There was a lot of Indian guys involved in that, um, literally. Uh, but, yeah. yeah I mean, it's also those, I think, five original partners. He did something before that, and then – he like really, he really showed how to how to do it right with the uh, with the cars. I thought. Yeah. What's really irksome is that he's successful. You know, that's the that and Arnold Schwarzenegger to buy one when he can't even get in one. I, I mean, know. <laughs> I, t- I I flew down with Ray Lane on Ray Lane's uh, G five to go to the presentation of Tesla, and and there were billionaires standing in line to get into the passenger side. Of the car and have someone else drive you around this little track in um, in the hangar. And then if you bought one, they had a big electronic tote board and it would say, oh, Ray Lane purchased, pre-purchased. We, you know, it took them a year before they finally got it. it was, yeah, it's a marketing genius for sure. Yeah, no, he is. Anyway, so... Uh, so there you go. So uh, I um, I was the, uh, the, the little guy in the big hall. <laughs> it was big enough for my ego, that's for sure. Uh, but anyway, huh. and I'm also I, I don't this this whole side I've, I've never been it's not me anymore I don't belong here this is a a commercial and, and by the way Austin is fantastic I love Austin but there's no startups here there's not like anything super but don't come here and think that you're going to be a startup come here if you want to work hard and make some money at something real and everything else go to San Francisco or New York or whatever but this is this is not the place for you. This is whole, yeah, Austin's great. You can be a startup. And, you, you. No, no, not yeah, at all. Yeah, they've been, they've been promoting that. I remember giving a speech there. It must have been almost 10 years ago. And they were promoting that idea back then. And all those, and there's all these little companies that tried to do it. But it's, not, it's the wrong environment. The milieu is incorrect. Indeed. Startups need to be in startup city. And that's yeah. pretty much San Francisco down to, to Los Gatos. Well, the, the reason is start up anywhere in that area. There's, there's no the money here is smart money. The money here is oil and energy and things that you know are industrial. And there's no one here is like you're gonna what you're gonna like people are gonna like do what no you're gonna click on what <laughs> they click on something and then they're member of a community. No, I don't and think so. Pays you for this? No, 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 no. What and they're not paying you. <laughs> that's even well, they're better. Not they're not right, that's what, better. What you're gonna sell ads? No, 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 no. That's not gonna work. No, 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 no. That's exactly no, that, that's exactly money. why it doesn't work. But if you have a great idea and and you can show how you make money, oh, this is the, then the the floodgates yeah, open but that up. Works anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. But there's just so much stupid money uh, in in you know, in other places. Anyway, um, so we had no, a that's what we, it's called. We had an interesting conversation on the the last episode, and this kind of ties into the uh, the value for value model. As uh, you were giving me some statistics on um, number of donors and and how things were going, and I I I will freely admit I got uh, overly emotional, particularly in light. You know, it could not the the whole value for value speech could not have been worse. You know, after the last episode, I'm like, well, is this thing falling apart? 
Um, and uh, I'm here to say it's not, but you and I made some fundamental mistakes. Uh, and, and I think uh, I've actually written some down here. Hold on a second. One, more showers. No, wait, that's in a different list. Here we go. Um, we forgot to remind people uh, that, uh, the, well, actually, we forgot to ask people is what we forgot to do. We forgot, we forgot to remind people what we're doing, uh, why we're doing it, um, uh, how, well, it's it's kind of weird to have to say it, but that, it, that we make it look easy, but it's not just, you know, we don't just get up on a Thursday morning and a Sunday and go like, oh, <laughs> let's just do a little show. <laughs> let's do a show, Judy. And also that we're, that, <laughs> Judy, yeah, punch. And also that we're human, you know. So we, that's a reference to Mickey Rooney. You should, um, if you said Mickey, you would have nailed it. Yeah, but I don't have no idea about popular <laughs> culture. Um, you know, we uh, we're human. We have uh, families to support, and uh, because you know, you get on the the podcast, or it's kind of you know, people forget. They they kind of like, oh, he's that guy over there, and he's living it up. Everything's groovy. You know, they, they, we start to get treated a bit like a celebrity. With I think it's subconscious, but it does happen until you say, hold on a second. You know, I am a human. Be- I'm a human being. God damn it. Now, what movie is that from? I'm not a number. Oh, very good. Very good, sir. Um, now, Patrick we, we, we got a lot of feedback on this. And uh, so I'm going to tell you my experience. I'd love to hear what your experience is. And as always on the No Agenda show, we never speak before or outside the podcast unless it's of great importance about some you know, something extremely important. But we never talk. We certainly never discuss the show or what we're going to do or what we're going to say. Or, uh, And by the way, Sir Gene was very surprised. He said, I thought that was bullshit. You actually, he doesn't really doesn't know what the stories are. I said, no, I don't know what his stories are. No, nothing. We just come together. We're chatting. That's the truth. That's why, that's a reason for our success, I'm convinced. Uh, but here's what well, I received. Funny, it's because every so often we're both on kind of the same track or we can deconstruct what the other guy's doing and we have a clip that's kind of complimentary so it looks rigged. Yeah, yeah but it's not. It's not no. rigged. That's, that's the beauty of that it. That would ruin it. Yeah. There's no kind. We need that uh, contemporaneous kind of style that make, makes the show actually work. And also after, you know, two, two and a half hours, I'm done with you. And I think you're done with me. I don't want to talk to you anymore until I'm the next you time. after two hours. Yeah. Well, hey, oh, I'll give you an In the morning. Uh, so here's the, the types of notes I received. Um, one, uh, I received a lot. And this is really what this is heartwarming. And this is what I was going for. Uh, <laughs> no, seriously, people who said, you know what? I can't believe I... I'm not a I'm not a supporter of the show. I can only do five dollars a month, uh, but I, that's what I should be doing. And this is really all that I think we've ever asked for is that on some regular basis, you support the show. And people forget and they think, oh, you know, that guy over. There. It's very socialist, by the way, where the people are saying, oh, well, you know, he he paid. Uh, he's a knight, so he paid for me. I don't have to worry about it. You know, this is of course is what what happens in the world. Um, so it's heartwarming to see so many people say, look, I can definitely scrounge uh, $5 together. And I love that because the majority of letters that I had been received or emails that I had been receiving over the past couple months would usually go like this. And tell me if you've received any, John. Um, hey, man, you know, I'm really broke right now, so I can't donate, but. And then there's this whole letter. I'm like, is it really true that you cannot find $5 a month? If, if you're really if you're really that broke, and I find that hard to believe, 
if you're re- if you if you can find two and a half hours to listen to the show, you can probably find five dollars a month. Uh, and it turns out that you can because people are are signing up for the eleven elevens and beautiful. So that very very heartwarming. And uh, I'll tell you about a, another story in a, in a moment when we get to our associate executive producers. But also, I would say I received eighty percent of people who have donated uh, to the to the show uh, were all in favor of closing it, the public part, just closing it down and doing subscription only. And um, and so you and I did have a conversation late last night about this, and we ran the numbers, and we could actually do that and and run it, I guess, like a high-end financial subscription newsletter or whatever. Is it correct? Yeah, they run for three fifty, actually between $295 and $1,500 a year. Right. Those newsletters. Right. So we have enough. They, many of them only come out once a month. Most of them are once a week. Well, that's the, even that's yeah. In, in fact, but we do twice a week already. I think. Well, we do twice a week, but I believe that if we put together the proposition, and people are literally asking for this, do once a week. That not specifically, but we could do once a week. But do the show. No donations. No thank yous. Pr- closed off. Uh, two hours. No other, you know, no other stuff that I'm, you know, that doesn't necessarily interest me. Happy to pay thirty-five dollars a month, which is pretty much on par with a high-end subscription, um, and that's compelling. And I think, you know, uh, I think still think it's we have enough reach to be able to do that. I would personally find that a failure of what we set out to do. Yeah, I agree with that. I think you're right. I think it is a failure of what we set out to do. We have our, we have an idealistic proposition for people this value for value and it's a broad and we push it out to a broader base and uh we we make the show kind of a mass market show by being goofy with the sound effects and the rest uh and if you did a uh, subscription model or or a paywall model uh, it would be s- silly actually to make the show to produce the show the way we produce it it would be kind of like yeah Pointless mm-hmm. to have the <laughs> yeah. dinging and, and the and the noise and the <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah. And well, uh, no, I, people also would like the entertainment. Yeah. When you, I, I don't imagine a financial newsletter with a bunch of goofball stuff interspersed uh, being appreciated by by too many of these uh, people to stick up well, their ass well, that we, take these things. <laughs> well, we'd have I we respectfully disagree on that. Yeah. Well. But ima- I'm a, but I imagine a lot of people could then even write it off uh, for their company. You know, it's like, oh yeah, I really, you know, it's like, what are the, what's that uh, that high end company that always that does the research? Forrester, Forrester. You know, people take well, Forrester. Gartner's another one. Gartner, high end. Forrester costs fifteen hundred dollars. We could probably hook up with them and have them pimp us. <laughs> Don't you think? They got nothing to do with mass market media. Oh, all right. Uh, all right. Anyway. Anyway. So, oh. um, so we do not want to. We do not want to resort to that. Um, but we are going to make uh, a few tweaks to the model, uh, and that will consist mainly of reminding you why you're supporting the show. And guess what? It's not for. It's not for all kinds of monkey boy crap. However, we stay. We stick with our tried and tested and true Hollywood model. That if you are a producer of the show, an executive or associate executive producer, you truly are living the Hollywood dream. And if and if we had actresses, you would be banging them. You get to do coke this, with everybody. Sorry, 
Yeah, if we had actresses, they'd all be getting laid. Yeah. Now, if uh, where are the actresses listening to our show anyway? <laughs> the one we had gave up the profession. <laughs> she, she said, screw it, I'm doing photography. You guys are getting me no- nowhere. Well, we do have an actress, Tonya, over here in... Uh, uh, Dame Tonya? Uh, yeah, Dame Tonya. Mm-hmm. Um, she's an actress. She's yeah. a, a <laughs> stage you, actress. What are you saying? Well, we have one. But I don't think she's going to go out. And she's she's very tired. Yeah. So anyway, uh, I I did. I was affected by one of the uh, knights who just presented the idea. And we're going to drop. We're not reading notes anymore. That's just the way it goes. We're going to read occasional notes. We're going to read the notes ourselves. But we're not going to read them over the air because they're long and they're tedious. And there's too many of them. And and if you read the original uh, support page at Dvorak.org slash N-A, it says on there that anyone donating over $50 will be mentioned. It never said ever that we would read your entire tome or note that goes on and on. I will do a few douchebag call-outs. Today we'll do some karma call-outs, but the notes are out. Well, and let me just let me just uh, explain that you and I made this mistake where we started, we started doing reading the notes. Yeah, we started doing that, and then I and I think I mentioned this a couple shows ago. I became scared that if we didn't do that, donations would drop off, and I wouldn't be able to pay rent. And it, I'm not kidding. And so still happened. It could still happen, but you know what I don't want to do is I don't want to have to go through these meltdowns. I mean, I'd rather do an NPR donation drive than I, that because I, I love those meltdowns. I don't because it, I it, think they're terrific. Yeah. I love to trigger them, and you it, it is directly triggered by you. But I don't like it. It it, it it's it really it upsets me. It's hurtful. It seems to upset a few listeners too. Yeah, uh, everyone. Yeah. Well, anyway, the point is, is that we're going to we're going back We're we're going to do just what we said. We always said, which is we'll credit everybody, but we're not going to read every note. We'll read a, a note or two. There's a couple of funny ones today, for example, that are worth reading. They're short, but we're not reading those notes anymore because they're too long and they take up too much of the show. And most people complain about them uh, it, and even the people who actually donate. Now, the, what got to me was a, one of our nights says, you know, uh, you read these you read the night notes which we will continue to do uh or the producer notes he says you think it he says these guys are yak away about one thing or another and they get their two cents in about one thing or another he says so do you think it would be better for me a night instead of giving one thousand dollars and getting the credit for it as such or should i maybe give 20 50 dollar donations and and give you war and peace you know chapter by chapter right Right. 20 donations, which would you prefer? And he made a good point. I don't, I, we'd rather have, you know, a nice donation that gets succinct and gets the job done and has something to say rather than 20 $50 donations, each with a long note. So notes are out. Yeah, except for our uh, execs and associate execs. Right. And we have a bunch today. So this, so all through all this blather, <laughs> we've uh, managed to uh, kind of soft pedal. Uh, it's still going to be a lot of notes, but but just for the, everyone should know in the future that uh, we are minimizing uh, the minimizing to an extreme, just crediting people who give us uh, uh, or donate, contribute, or produce the show. Uh, yeah, with, I mean, with, but it, but just like Hollywood, you know, of course we do almost everything the executive producer and associate executive producer ask for. Our nights always have priority, but we also have kind of like a casting couch. So you know, if there's something, you know, if there's some funny little 
pretty thing that's uh, down there at the bottom. We we want to bring that up to the top. Excuse me? <laughs> Pay no attention to me. And if sex is bull crap, was that? Yeah, I'm trying to be Hollywood, baby. So let's thank our executive producers for today's show, 495. Uh, 494 uh, is uh, the one Oh, it's I 494. Have. That's funny. They made a mistake. Yes, uh, the back office uh, made a mistake. Back office Not a, a small one, by the way. Well, it's... <laughs> anyway, you got uh, $500 from Anonymous and Wah, Wah, Wahiwa, Hot Wah. Wahiwa, someplace in Hawaii. Wahiwa, uh, and you know this this is about as short as you can get. Schmitty in Richfield, Minnesota, also came with five hundred dollars. Becomes a member of the five hundred club, and uh, he's been working his way out of debt, and still could afford five hundred dollars for us. All the while thinking I could afford to donate when my debts are paid. Thursday's episode made me realize I'm indebted to you guys for the value for value you've given me over the past two years. Is twenty dollars a month for the past twenty five months? Hey now, I'll be setting up a subscription. My theory. I, a lot of people have done subscriptions through their bank account. You can get the, the, the check mail that goes right into the post office box, no uh, overhead. And the banks don't charge you for postage. Um, anyway, I'll be setting up a subscription. My theory on why donations are down, 2% payroll tax increase, probably something to do with it. I know it took me by surprise when it went into effect in January. Yeah, but that's not – it's not uh, universal. I mean we don't only no, no, get donations a, from America. Everything's we, incremental. That's true. Simon that's true. Bennett in Ipswich, Suffolk. Uh, four ninety four, which puts him as executive producer and oh, and four ninety four club. club. Yeah, perfect. And he wants to get he wants he needs getting laid karma plus a birthday call. It we have that. Uh, thanks, keeping it short. Absolutely. Well, we uh, and we also try to keep yours long. You've got karma with your getting laid karma. You're just on a roll today, aren't you? Oh yeah. For Robert Frapples in Fair Park, Ohio. Uh. Hello, Alex and Mike. Please refer to me as Robert Frapples. <laughs> Feel free to admit reading any of the following. And we admitted one, two, and read three. We'll continue as $4 subscription forever. Nice, thank Four, you. John, try a pinch of basil in your mac and cheese. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. no what? Oh, what? Can I interrupt the, the flow here and just mention something? Yes. There are classics. I was just talking about this the other day. My parents, my, my mom, who couldn't cook for crap, she made one or two. <laughs> nice. That's not, the woman is dead. That's not nice. She still can't cook. I don't care. <laughs> so uh, she couldn't cook very well. And uh, But she made a, a, a couple of dishes, include, and my family made this potato salad dish, which I really haven't messed with. I've, I've made these same dishes, and these are just kind of classic simple, simple, simple dishes. And you try to fancy them up. And they always it always ruins the dish and the and the kind of vibe the dish has. You cannot do anything with mac and cheese. It's All not right. mac and cheese anymore. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I uh, I think that you and I should come up with the definitive meal of the slaves, the no agenda mac and cheese. I believe there is something we that can be done to it. Maybe it's the two in a box. It costs a dollar from Kraft. <laughs> okay, onward. And he'd like some karma for his wife in the hopes her stupid employer will quit worrying about a lawsuit and just fire her so I can get her on disability. Wow. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Send some to us. Karma. <laughs> yeah. Get on that disability. So, Ross, so that's uh, 431. And, and, and Robert will be uh, knighted today. That completes his knighthood. We got another night coming up, which is uh, Joseph Ransom in Spring, Texas. You should go say hi to him. I should. 400. Thanks for the show, uh, including my expired $5 subscription. This should finish my knighthood suggestion regarding making the podcast private. 
uh, perhaps make one show a week available by subscription only. We, I've talk, we've talked about this to an excess on the show, which is the problem with half and half is that we have too many cross-references and you'll say, I don't remember yeah, that. Well, you, you didn't we have fin- enough you, problems with you, the show. So you didn't finish reading what he said. Um, the, the other public, you didn't finish that part so people know what you're talking about. So that's the half and half. Perhaps one, yes, one subscription, one public, and you get new listeners by the yeah. benefits of a private subscription. That's model. also known as freemium. And if I ever start a business under the freemium model, please come here and shoot me. Can I? Thanks. Yes, please. Yeah, that's freemium. Uh, it's not, uh, it doesn't work as well as the value for value if we get people, you know, if we get Adam to go and fall apart. <laughs> Wade Deming in Anchorage, Alaska, 33333. Uh, hey, very nice. Yeah, Thank you, I Wade. Have a comment someplace. But it wasn't one in the uh, in the uh, PayPal thing. Let's oh. see if Deming said something. Wade, yeah, Wade Deming, and he's got no note here either, so we're good to go. Yep. Uh, Webs, what? Webscom e business service from Rick and Modesto. Uh, Finditclassifieds.com. It's been a couple of months since I donated, and I was feeling kind of douchey. After hearing Adam's call for support, felt compelled to donate. Uh, he needs some karma for his website. All right. Findisclassifieds.com. Karma. Wonder what that is. Classifieds. Maybe you can find some classifieds. Fighting, fighting the powers that be with the Craigslist. Richard oh. Gardner and N. Moore, New South Wales, Australia, 313.13. Can't bear the thought of not having no agenda to listen to. Uh, Thursday's talking to was a kick up the arse. Yeah, you know the British always use arse. Yeah, because an ass is ass is donkey. I needed to finally uh, make another uh, donation after two year absence, which, which I apologize. Travel karma, please, uh, for an upcoming work trip to the U.S. Where he's looking to opt out. Right? Uh, oh, 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 well, please. Before we continue, I have received yet another five, five successful no agenda travel tip number two exercises. Which, as you know, uh, the first one is to always take your uh, uh, your economy ticket, get in the premium line, and then uh, ask for the full valet service. Uh, but we're just winning left and right. Producer Brian said, uh, guys, quick report from SFO. That's your neck of the woods, John. San Francisco. While I normally prefer priority line with valet service, I was in a hurry to get through the security screening recently. I employed no agenda travel trip number two. Let them know I was... It was quite painful to raise my arm above my shoulder. No opt-out protocol was invoked, and I went right through the magnetometer with no, masna- no massage and nor small talk with, with a manservant. So it works. This is a, a fine. This is a we'll genius. Well, we're on it. Yes, it's a genius find. So great, and I'll give him his karma. There you go. Travel karma, and try number two. You've got... Karma. Which, of course, I realize Miss Mickey and I can't uh, uh, deploy that when we travel together. It'd be a little weird. Like, two tall, two giants, oh, yeah. two blonde yeah. giants. Hey, I also I have I can't the- raise my arms. <laughs> I can't raise my arms. You can't raise your arms either? What? I have a big blonde disease. <laughs> I can't raise my arms. I can't raise my arms. So, of course, I'll let my... Um, you, should, you could run to two of you. You could run together and go into the thing and you say you have some some weird sex fetish that has resulted <laughs> in both of you unable to raise your arms. You can't say why. Well, if we wear our furry suits, maybe. Now, we, we had a furry accident. <laughs> <laughs> 
We have to explain what furries are to people outside the country. Just Google it, people. Sir Brad Doherty in Brooklyn, New York, uh, 31313. Jump starting my second knighthood with this, uh, upping my monthly donation to 3333. You guys should just shut down the chat room. Uh, by the way, uh, we're going to have new levels for uh, knights uh, to uh, to go towards. As by popular request, uh, yeah, people we'll want some new levels. Yeah, we'll, this. Coming up. But Paul Robertson, Fairfax, Virginia, 313. He did send us a lengthy note, but mostly suggestions about, you know, how we can improve things. And this, and is, this, is, this is the special uh, 31313 donation level for this show is 500. Our, right, for the 31st of March, which is the this month we have our 500th show. S. Russell Williams, Sir Russell, to you, Boise, Idaho, 31313. After the last show, I was slightly afraid Adam might hurt himself with the sword. <laughs> That I gave him last summer. Adam, don't do it. That thing is dangerous, by the way. That's a real subword. Put him in a in a case. It is in a uh, case, but the case the sheath slips off easily. No, I mean a case on the wall, oh. in a, like a like a plastic that you make you frame it anyway. Inside, yeah. uh, you should just take a swing at any chat room d bag that gets within striking distance. <laughs> Screw those guys. Thanks for all you do to create the best. <laughs> As for jingles, I'd like to test my own attempt at neurolinguistic programming. Can I please, ha please have Atlas Shrug? Don't be a denier. Dvorak, you will obey. Well, seeing as he's an executive producer, uh, we'll do that. So uh, what is don't be a denier? Uh, oh, the si that's science is in. No, it's the science is in. I got it. I got it. Atlas Shrug. By Ayn Rand. The science is in. Science. You will obey. You will obey. You will obey. <laughs> See, that's that's funny. <laughs> you think? Yeah, because it's the jing the jingle you hate, followed by one we love, and then you being wacky. Ken O'Rourke in Frostburg, Maryland, with no note three thirteen thirteen. Uh, Kevin Thomas in Smyrna, Georgia, uh, home of the Pap smear. <laughs> oh God. Three thirteen thirteen. Hello. <laughs> A small donation of, uh, I've always wanted to say that. No jingles necessary as per Adam's request. I'm uh, currently trying to go fuck myself. <laughs> <laughs> now that's a donation note, people. <laughs> Carry on, he says. Lovely, thank you. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, Timothy Tillman and Sir Timothy in uh, Mechanicsville, Virginia, 300. I give a shit, guys. No show is too long more is better i need this show adam keep calm and carry on i think it's uh keep calm and chive on but i may be confused the incognito in elkins park pa a new donor on the scene yeah the incognito uh what does this say aggravating your virgo sensibilities brought chacho but also the evolution of your consciousness, a harsh lesson about the 99% and the dawning of the boutique niche you too will soon find after making your free podcast to a subscription service, taking your free podcast to a subscription service. My yoga teacher also believes that the universe will provide, but she charges each of her students. None of <laughs> none the less we get all kinds of spiritual wit it after that yo food for the this is there's some characters in here I can't see. Uh, for the home slice, I've been out of work for the past 20 months, and my government-sponsored slave benefits package is about to expire. It pains me to hear your angst as almost as much as it pains me to witness my dismal financial situation. But with job search karma for a new nurse, I'm sure things will turn around. 
JCD, you dry white toast on that DH Unplugged show. <laughs> Please cherish your boy AC in all, in all his bi-curious glory because he is your karmic ID loosed upon us, all your curmudgeonly Aries. <laughs> AC, do us all a favor and take it easy on the old boy. He's from an entirely different planet. Find your metro antics <laughs> and ADD-related effect disconcerting. Disconcerting. <clears throat> I say... There, I said it for you, JCD. No jingle, no bullshit. Stay frosty, Jansen. Keep up the good work. Bing. Well, that is what I call the uh, correct deconstruction of the No Agenda podcast. Right there. In a, in a perfect. In a bucket. In a bucket. Thank you, Incognigro. <laughs> I like the name, too, by the way. It's a good one. That's a great William one. William Thrall and Wolverine Law something or other. Let me stretch this out. Uh, oh, Lake. Wolverine Lake. Uh, Michigan. 200, and this will be our final uh, no, no, associate. We, no, we have one more, but that's a little story. Oh, you got some, oh, yeah, somebody's yeah, giving money. Yeah, yeah. The uncompromised propaganda skewering you do is rare and priceless. This country needs you guys way more than it needs CNN, and it would be a damn shame if you had to quit because only 1% of listeners donate. Maybe harping on this percentage will help get people out of out of meaning to but never getting around to it mode. Yes. If every listener stopped waiting and just donated something, that would help a lot, right? May I have some next steps karma? He says, thanks. I love you, dudes. you got to read yeah. that. Yeah, he's got to say he loves you. Mm. Mm, he loves you. You've got karma. So, um... Uh, so after, so it's a uh, Friday and I'm, and I, you know, and it was really, Miss Mickey was very affected by this too. You know, she normally comes bouncing and, oh, I love the show. And she, like, she didn't even come in the studio after Thursday. Wow. I mean, yeah. Oh yeah. I'm good. <laughs> You're that good, John. <laughs> I'm that good. <laughs> Douche. And, uh, so, you know, so I'm demure, you know, and then, and I'm also nervous for this South by Southwest talk. And I'm, so I'm, I'm not in a good place. Friday, the doorbell rings. And uh, and there's a guy there, and he says, "Hi, I'm your new mailman, and uh, what? I, I'm your new mailman, and I'm also I've, I've been a douchebag since August. I'd like to correct oh, that's that. hilarious. I'd like to correct that. I was just listening to the show from yesterday. Uh, his name is uh, Armand Guerra, and so we you know had him come in. He gave us two hundred dollars cash to be an associate executive producer, and that turned Talk about delivering the mail. <laughs> that turned." my world around <laughs> I'm like can you believe I mean how awesome I mean that's what I so like, we have so then I'm like yes yes all you we just forgot to remind people that this it, it, you know you, yeah, we, we need rocket fuel right, right. yeah we just we're just idiots so it's our fault uh, it's our fault for letting the donation segment go all crazy and wacky and quite honestly we weren't having fun with it anymore and when we're not having fun no one else is going to have fun so uh, onward, we have lots of uh, lots of incredibly important stuff to talk about. We thank our uh, profusely thank our uh, executive producers and associate executive producers. Uh, there will be a knighting ceremony uh, coming up during this program, so stay tuned for that. We really really appreciate uh, you uh, keeping us on the air, and and you know this is a real credit. Uh, uh, if we had actresses or actors, they'd be here for you, waiting for you, right? Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> If we had tables full of Coke, we'd be doing it with you. Instead, all you got is a thank you note, but we really do appreciate it. And uh, everyone needs to support the, this program. It is value for value. We can't have commercials because we could never do the show 
if we were compromised that way. Dvorak.org slash N-A. And, of course, we always appreciate the promotion. Go out there and uh, hit someone in the mouth. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. I want to start off by putting the show on the highest level possible. Right on. Really showing people the kind of things we do. Oh, well, hold on a second. Then I'm sure it's time for Real News. (laughs) And now, back to Real News. Am I right? Well, it is kind of Real News. This is the new... I've been been monitoring different uh, parts of the world. This week was in New York City. Wait a minute. Can I just get a visual? So you're in your bunker and you're monitoring... I'm monitoring. I got big knobs. (laughs) You're monitoring different parts of the world. (laughs) Okay, I got the visual. I'm good. Go. The New York City story. Okie dokie. Hold on. This came in on the big dial number three. You know, Tamsin, residents here on East 15th Street, they say they can deal with the noise and the rowdiness from the bars and restaurants around here. But it's what happens after midnight that just might be beyond your imagination. Are people peeing on your building? (laughs) No more peeing, please. That's the plea from residents of this East 15th Street apartment building in the upscale Gramercy neighborhood. They're fed up with the urine from drunk bar patrons. And, oh, it gets worse. Sometimes they actually have diarrhea. (laughs) They do defecate, yes, in our front yard. Tenants say the problem lies down the block. They claim some patrons of the sports bar sidebar are using their block as a toilet. People just indulged a little too much. There are several bars on their block, but the crowd, they say, comes from here. This woman walks with a cane, and for her, the so-called rowdiness became treacherous. As I've walked by, they've almost knocked me down. Patrons say it's no worse here than any other Manhattan bar when it gets past midnight. I've never seen any of that, ever. We tried to get answers or a response from the bar's management. Give us one second of your time. I'm sorry, I'm not at liberty to speak. He may not be able to speak. Speak, but I heard a woman screaming. <laughs> Residents are more than happy to when it comes to their neighborhood. There's five or six bars on this one street. This place is really overwhelmed with drinkers. I got diarrhea. <laughs> you know, this is New York. It's it's collapsing. Oh, New York's the worst. Uh, this is Gramercy Park. That's unreal. We don't, I mean, everyone in Austin right now is freaking hammered, and they're not pooping and peeing everywhere. It's it's just not done. In fact, we shoot you here if we catch you doing diarrhea. (laughs) Well, if you think that story's bad. Oh, no. Just just listen to the lead-in to the cannibal cop story. Oh, yeah. No, I've been following this. This is is pretty interesting. All right, gee, thank you so much. Well, Jury, good. Another New York fine one. The whole weekend to think about whether an NYPD officer actually wanted to kill, cook, and eat women. No verdict (laughs) after a day of deliberations. James Ford is live at federal court in lower Manhattan with more. James. And, Tamsin, when this jury takes up deliberations again Monday morning, actually, that's a phrase that many legal experts were not expecting me or any reporter to have to say. They thought this case would be over by now. So what ended up happening? We consulted an arguably more experienced legal expert for some insight. 
The fate of so-called cannibal cop Gilberto Valley continues to hang in the balance at court after the jury spent a day and a half deliberating in a case for which some legal analysts thought Valley would walk on the most serious charge against him, conspiring with other men online to kidnap women, cook them, and eat them. You slaves can get used to mac and cheese, mac and cheese, mac and cheese, cheese macaroni and cheap cheddar melted together. Mac and cheese, mac and cheese. And throw in a young babe for good measure. This is a, a interesting story. Have you, you have been following it. Yeah, of course I've been following this. Are well, you kidding me? It, it appears that this was, uh, you know, there's a lot of this that go, especially in, in this era, a lot of fantasizing that seems to be, uh, yeah, because he was a, he was communicate as I saw that I, I think is a great story to, to report on, but he was apparently and these guys that he was communicating with I guess was in like a IRC chat room or AOL chat room or Yahoo, <laughs> something like that yeah or no agenda and they were like all over the world there's one guy in Moscow and a guy in <laughs> Prague they yeah. never got together they never really intended to but they I guess they like to talk about this idea. Yeah, of course. And that became a pre-crime. Yes. And now they're going to still bust the guy for conspiracy, even though there's never been any evidence that he was ever going to do anything. Well, He's a cop. I, well, I think there was a he. They had like rented an apartment or something. Didn't they do something I like don't that? No, that's true. Yeah, there was something. There was something. Well, if he rented an apartment, then it's a problem. <laughs> if he did more than just gas online, like I, most people do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's got problems. But this guy, what an idiot. Maybe maybe he should have. Uh, what kind of what kind of sexual pervert are you to uh, oh, well, to have? Well, to, John, know? I mean, I think if we really have you ever read Marquis de Sade, my friend? I mean, you know, come on, the sexual perversion has been around forever. And here's a real short clip: subway ban. Since we use that word, subway ban, just play it real fast. And this is again from uh, from New York City, uh, oh, one yeah. of the world cities you've been monitoring. Okay, did you know you can be banned from the subway for life? Well, it's an exclusive list of perverts and iPhone thieves. Joe Masiri is live at Hunts Point with a look at the list. Perverts and iPhone thieves. No more perverts on the subway, <laughs> especially not if you got diarrhea. Stop with your. <laughs> it, 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 what is happening to our world? <laughs> when, how does the word diarrhea go to <laughs> diarrhea? Di di diarrhea. I mean, we're. Uh, this is a, this is a problem. All right, can I take us? Uh, can I move us up a level in? <laughs> In, what? Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, got more, but you can take us up a level. I, I, I need to go somewhere. We want to bring up the visibility of the show to some high, high art. Yeah. No, we we definitely need to uh, to go to some uh, some other places. Um. Okay. So uh, this drone story, uh, which of course, if you're a the producer of the No Agenda podcast, you've been listening for a couple of years. You've been hearing about the drones way before all of this. Uh, and now we're almost tired of it, but I'm, I can still stay with the story. And what's fascinating to me is that we have uh, the the left. Um, so, you know, the MSNBC and basically all the Obama bots literally cheering this on. And that you know, and saying droning and killing people—they talk about killing people with such incredible ease. That's amazing, isn't it? So here's Chris Matthews, and he has Ronald Reagan Jr. on. Who, you know, I 
I'm not quite sure. He had a promising career for a while. It was like, was it on the Today Show or whatever? He was, he was kind of going to be the next guy. And I don't know what happened, um, but he, he's, he's... Now a, he lives in Seattle. He's a drip. He really is a drip. And so he... But even, you know, even he is like, well, just listen to this. It's disturbing to hear how, how, how the ease of killing people... Uh, even Americans, but it doesn't matter. You know, if, oh, it's not American. Fuck that guy. <laughs> and I want to get back to you and your concerns. Are you concerned that we're using drones against non-Americans? Are you concerned we're using against Americans overseas or Americans at home? Uh, dichotomize that. Where are you concerned? I, well, I, I'm concerned that there are no, there's no real transparency, as, as Cynthia pointed out, and no real rules around this. When are we allowed to kill American citizens overseas? Are we allowed to use drones in any way, shape, or form domestic? For okay, so, so this is good. You know, he's thinking. I'm like, okay, Ron, you, you know, Ron Reagan Jr. Promising, but then you what, know, Al I'm a lackey, a U.S. citizen overseas working with the enemy. He was hit. We hit him. We knew we were hitting him, and we hit him. Where are you on that? I, that that is a tough one. <laughs> That's a tough one. Like, oh, How was he even working with the enemy? His main thing was he was inciting. Violence, ah. which means that Southern Law Poverty Center should have gone after him. Mm-hmm. That would have done it. Mm-hmm. I'm, but I'm, he was—he uh, produced a lot of tapes, and he got you know a bunch of people worked up about uh-huh, it. And uh-huh. I, I'm glad you brought this up. Thank you for playing right into my hand. Uh huh. Uh, there's a there's a definition that is now being thrown out there, and uh, and I had completely forgotten about this. I had missed it, but of course. Who is the man to bring it to us? Who is Mr. Kill Everybody Dronum himself? Come on, you know his name? Dick Cheney. Oh, close. John McCain. Oh, oh yes. Yes, I, th- I think that to, to assume that the uh, United States of America would use a drone and a Hellfire missile to attack someone sitting in a cafe. What does look that at mean? The, with this goes back to our previous conversation. We want to capture people. We don't want to kill them. So, but, so, of course, the conversation is about... Uh, um, Senator Rand Paul's um, uh, right. filibuster. Yeah, they're blasting it. Right. So Can I, I want to interject here. Sure. We had the, the, the three famous douchebags on C-SPAN, and we did clips with them. And the, the, that means, you know, Hayden and that guy who was the head of the CIA's legal section, these guys worried yeah, the, about the, getting yeah, the, indicted. The, right. And there's three of them. And they all said the same thing. We do not want to capture them. That's the point. Because right. because the, the Obama administration has set down rules about capturing. You, they just don't. The, the rule is, go kill them. It's easier to deal with. It's like they. It's like a, They've been watching too many, you know, cop movies where they says, well, we can make this expensive for the taxpayer, or we can make it cheap, and then they kill the criminal. Well, so so here here's the thing that that uh, Rand Paul missed. Here's the thing that Eric Holder didn't address. And John McCain slips it in so beautifully that I went, oh, wow, I completely forgot about that. Because, you know, what is his main argument? He's like, we don't want, we don't want a drone Jane Fonda. Now, for those of you who don't know, Jane Fonda, um, also uh, nicknamed Hanoi Jane. Uh, she, um, you, well, you, maybe you can explain better, John, just so we know about her, uh, uh, her protest. Jane Fonda is uh, an actress. Everyone knows who she is. And she, during the 60s, she hooked up with, uh, uh, I think he was out of Santa Monica, maybe the mayor at the time, I'm not sure, but Hayden was his name, is a radical left, new left uh, winger. And she became radicalized anti-war uh, girl 
named Hanoi Jane, and she went to Hanoi. That's why she got the nickname. And she came back saying, oh, they're so they're wonderful people, and we shouldn't be having this war, and it was just kind of skewed. But she was like a whack job about the whole thing. And, and people hated was, her, and people, like, hated and, her. Well, the, the, the protest, war protesters didn't hate her. No. But she seemed like a dingbat even to the war protesters, to be honest about it. Well, so, like, to be fair, she had also, had she not done Barbarella? Was that her movie? She did Barbarella. Yeah, <laughs> then she married the director of that. And, then she and got by the way, and Bar- Barbarella, I think Barbarella, when I saw, that was my when I got my first erection, I think. As a child, she's pretty hot in Barbara. Yeah, smoking hot. And I was like, "What is this? What, what is going on?" Yeah, I know she was like, she, she exploited oh, her yeah. female ex, you know, her characteristics and to an extreme, and to the point where I think she had two ribs removed when she got older. Uh, uh, I, th- to, I think that may be a little bit of hearsay. You know, she's never denied it. <sighs> Why even? Uh, I, I mean, no. That, I mean, this. That's like she uses her female wiles. That story. The, word I was for. the the period. Hold on. The rib removal was also later. Uh, it was brought back about ten years ago uh, with Dita von Hayes, who is um, uh, girlfriend of uh, Marilyn Manson. And you know, and she has the she has the crazy thin waist, and so they're always, oh, she had her rib, rib two ribs removed to be able to do that. <laughs> All right, and ribs then, removed or not? And then there's also always the story about the guy who had his ribs removed so he could perform self fellatio. I mean, this is bullshit. I, I don't, I don't buy the. I've never heard that one, but yeah. I guess you keep up. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> okay, so thank you very much. Um, and of course, he's laughing because we can't kill Barbarella with a drone. Well, with, with one more little tidbit. He, because McCain, after the war was over, hated Jane Fonda because she he felt that she was left in jail longer or something up in North Vietnam. <laughs> because of her. Yeah. Yes. So it's her fault. So he's going to say that he, he would, even he wouldn't kill Jane Fonda. And I think we should have a, a real debate in America. I think we should have a vote. But, okay. Should Jane Fonda be droned? Drone, drone Fonda. Oh, nice. I get drone Fonda. Nice. All right. Um, but then he slips in the words that no one has mentioned that is constitutionally the reason why you can be killed. Uh, the reason why we have to kill him in places like Yemen and other places is because we don't have the military force with the capabilities to do it. Second of all, to compare, for example, to compare killing a, uh, a, a, a terrorist, a al-Qaeda person who was trying to attack the United States of America with Jane Fonda, I mean, it is ludicrous. I'm not a great fan of, of Jane Fonda's, as you probably know, Piers. Uh, but the thought, but the thought, and she might have even given aid and comfort to the enemy. In the- Whoa! Stop right there! Stop right there! <laughs> aid and comfort. The Constitution ah, yes. of the United States, Article 8, Section 3, declares that adhering to the enemies of the United States, giving them, quote, aid and comfort, shall be treason. That is what it's going to be. Aid and comfort, that is the entire legal basis for killing an American citizen. And how broad can you define aid and comfort? Uh, if you, I think that's, that, that you actually, you did this. I think, I'm, I'm stammering here because I, I'm stunned that you actually, this is true. This is the problem. This would be anybody. If somebody says, I think it's unfair that you, you killed the 16-year-old, his son, that could it was, be construed as aid, aid and, and comfort. comfort to the enemy. Yeah. And we've done that numerous times. I mean, a it, lot of times. Why did they kill the 16-year-old? John, what did he do? The, you know the famous double tap? 
It is the definition of aid and comfort. You got a guy, he's he's blown half to bits. You run over to aid him and comfort him. Boom, treason. It is the definition. Right. Let's say... Let's use foreign nationals that are running over there to comfort him. No, but, no, you no, but but if you are an American yeah, citizen true. and it's aid and comfort, and he said, even though some would say, I'll just roll it back a second, even though some would say she provided aid and comfort, which is the the only two quali- qualifying uh, characteristics of treason, we still won't kill her. But it me- kind of means that we sh- could and we could have, we, we should, should have, we probably, maybe. we probably still should. And of, of Jane Fonda, as you probably know, Piers. Uh, but the thought, but the thought, and she might have even given aid and comfort to the enemy in the view of some. But the fact is to think that the United States would ever contemplate killing Jane Fonda with a drone if we had the capability is again. What do you mean if we have? The, if we, but like we don't have the capability. He's like, oh, we, uh, actually, he's making Rand Paul's argument. <laughs> I mean, it's not the world of reality that we are living in. But the- well, that depends on what matrix you just stepped out of, brother. There are threats. Suppose there's another airplane headed for the United States Capitol. Now, listen to this very carefully. Oh, I got to roll this back. This is unbelievable what he's about to say. Listen very carefully. I mean, it's not the world of reality that we are living in, but there are threats. Suppose there's another airplane headed for the United States Capitol, such as the one that crashed in Pennsylvania. I can assure you that, and I'm confident that we have the capability, if necessary, the president, to shoot that plane down. Now, hold on a second. We didn't shoot the plane down as it was coming from Pennsylvania. That was the Let's Roll Flight 93. Everybody uh, got them and they, they flew it into the ground. Or or maybe, what did Donald Rumsfeld say again? Imagine the kind of world we would face if the people who bombed the mess hall in Mosul or the people who did the bombing in Spain or the people who attacked the United States in New York shot down the plane over Pennsylvania. I- you know, did John McCain know something, too? They shot down the plane. Yeah. In Pennsylvania. I can assure you that, and I'm confident that we have the capability, if necessary, the president, to shoot that plane down. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I guess that's what happened then. Seeing as Rumsfeld said it, and seeing as you're now basically saying we could do it, we should have done oh, oh, uh, oh. There, there may be innocent Americans on that plane. <laughs> he, he, I mean, is he? Is this guy nuts? <laughs> there may be. Someone better give him a call. What did he say? say? He's, what did he say? There may, may be. be. There may be. So, uh, in Pennsylvania, you think? It, it's to me. Oh, here we have the North Koreans testing nuclear weapons, threatening to attack the United States of America. Iran, in Iran, the centrifuges continue to spin. There are eighty thousand people killed uh, now, at least. Uh, or 70,000 in Syria. Uh, the, the whole uh, Middle East in, in a state of, uh, of near uh, chaos in, in many areas. And frankly, my highest priority is not my concern that they may kill an American with a Hellfire missile in a cafe in the United States of America. That's not my concern. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm glad you're not president, douche. My goodness. I don't give a crap if we, we drove. Unless it's Jane. <laughs> not my concern. It's not my concern. Unless it's so Jane Fonda. What? Unless it's Jane Fonda. Because, you know, it's just Barbarella, dude. You can't kill Barbarella. No matter how, you know, no matter how much he aids and comforts the enemy. 
I need some more uh, background on this. Uh, I mean, I, I brought up a, a constitutional uh, explanation here. Um, these words are as they are to be understood in the Constitution, have not received a full judicial construction. They import, however, help, support, assistance, continence, and encouragement. The word aid, which occurs in the Stat West 1C14, is explained by Lord Coke. Uh, yeah, he's reliable. Uh, as comprehending as all persons counseling, abetting, plotting, assenting, consenting, and encouraging to do the act. And he what? adds, what is not applicable to the crime, to treason, who are uh, those who are not present when the act is done. Interesting. So maybe it's not treason if you weren't there aiding and abetting, uh, aiding and abetting, aiding and and uh, comforting. So you, as you know, they have been expanding these definitions. Yeah, like the IED. definitions are in flux, <laughs> and it's possible that if you wrote an editorial in the New York Times, bitching about the war or about the Al Qaeda being, you know, non again the three douchebags are minute, on the wait a minute, wait a minute, they is said Al Qaeda is done. There, there is no Al Qaeda anymore. Is it time? Is, is this your Sunday Times segment? Is that what you're calling for? No, you want to hear the Sunday Times segment? John's gonna hum the Sunday Times. It's Sunday Times. Today, Sunday Times was one pound, 11.5 ounces, and that is up <laughs> from one pound, 11.4 ounces of last week, and down from one pound, 11.6 ounces the week before. <laughs> John's gonna hum the Sunday Times. Uh, have I ever said I love you, man? <laughs> I really enjoy having that new kitchen um, scale. It's cool. It's made with uh, MEMS. Is that from Stamps.com? No, I got the scale. That's not a bad scale either. <laughs> oh. But I got the. But it doesn't have the readout. This is a scale that was on sale as an Easter egg at Costco oh. uh, about six months ago, and is a beauty. Hey, just on the on the drone thing, just to kind of wrap that up, and actually I'll, uh, I'll wrap it up with a drone jingle. Um What's interesting about uh, uh, the kind of the new meme now on the uh, on the pro Obama, uh, let's just put it this way: the Obama bot media, the ones who are completely buying into the matrix, uh, is to say, well, you know, because of course they no one really likes this. No one, the drone thing is scary, and you know, you and even the the Obama bots. The controlled morons can see that this is, you know, this is not going to end well for anybody. These drones flying around and droning people, and, and you know, and the cafe, which is what. Oh, I'm at the cafe having my coffee. It's too hard to send a, a police cruiser <laughs> yeah. over there and pick the guy up. Right, uh, but they all see that this is kind of difficult, and you know, so we need legislation, but it has to be really, really good because I hate to pop your bubble, but here's something we have to remember: President pop Obama is not going to be in the White House forever. Okay, there's going to be somebody else sitting there and someday it's going to be a Republican. And would you really trust a George Bush or a Dick Cheney or a Newt Gingrich or a Herman Cain or a Michelle Bachman or you name it or a Rand Paul to use this kind of authority uh, and to have that kind of authority, that killing authority here in the United States? No freaking way. So it, It's dumbfounding to me. It's like, you know what? 
we really need to have, so the way it's explained is like we really need to have good legislation because you know one day it's not going to be the man uh, who has the Nobel Peace Prize. <laughs> it's not going to be that guy who has the who has the kill list. It could the be some guy. the good guy who has killed more people with these drones than ever in our history. It's just nuts. All right, here we go. Lovely, 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 lovely. We're talking about pe- people being picked up on the um, streets, which is seems like some, <laughs> seems normal. Uh, I got a clip here. Yeah, so it's, it's the qu- it's the one that says quiz clip at the end. This was another. I hate this. I'm going to beat the drum on this all day, but it's a New York and again New York. Yeah. I want you to listen to this clip. This is not a clip that's important for it's. It, this is a clip that I want you to listen to see if there's something screwy. Uh, this is almost like an Ask Adam. What is screwy about the, let's put the but word usage in this particular clip that kind of jumps out at you? Tonight, cops in Jersey City just shot a perp swinging a knife. McGee Hickey is live on the scene with the very latest. <laughs> Wait a minute. Mickey Hickey? Yeah, Can Ricky I... Hickey. And then they call her Marge or something. For it's us, weird. McGee, what's going on? McGee. Well, Tamsin, Jersey City police still on the scene here at 239 Fowler Avenue, where we're told that there was a man who barricaded himself inside of an apartment. And then, according to people on the street here, he he lunged at police with a knife. He was then, we are told, shot three times by police officers. Again, all of this information unconfirmed. It is from people here on the scene at 239 Fowler Avenue. That man, the perp who allegedly lunged at police with a knife was taken in very bad shape. Right, there's so much wrong with this reporting. <laughs> no kidding. I, I don't even know where to start. So it's 239 Fowler Avenue, which for some reason that's important. That's the only fact she has. Because I guess there was a drop of blood. Uh, we have no actual evidence the police shot him. No actual evidence that he lunged at the police. We have nothing. This is a nothing story except that she is standing apparently in front of 237 Fowler Avenue. Yeah, okay. Well, here's what I got out of it. What the story itself has got some screwiness because the guy supposedly barricades himself and then somehow lunges at the police. What from inside? I mean, yeah, that makes so the, right, the basic right. story makes no sense. And then Mickey, Ricky, whatever the heck her name is, it, what what got me is that the is that the the anchor threw it to her and she used the word perp and yep, then perp, Mickey yeah. Ricky yep, used perp. the word perp. What is this law and order, you know, special <laughs> victims? Well, Who uses the word what news person uses the word perp and then uses the word allegedly outside of the word perp. Perp means perpetrator. Yes. So wouldn't it be alleged perp? I mean, who uses perp? Douchebag news people. Okay. Yeah, it's funny because I heard that too, and but I was so much wrong with it. I just I was going beyond the obvious lunacy that is news. Perp. Yeah, I wonder. That's probably because uh, I would presume in in the newsroom in general, and you have to understand if you know if you've ever really been inside certainly local news. This is Mickey Mouse shop. Okay, this is real. It's really Mickey Mouse. No budget. Um, the person who was doing the on-the-scene reporting hates that job. They don't want. They want to be behind the desk, nice right, and cozy. It's a stand-up. And yeah, they you know, stand-up, but they, but they don't want to be out there being sent to you know Fowler Avenue to you know to go and talk to idiots and get nothing, and the cops tell her nothing. But they probably you know this. Uh, hey, we got a we got a perp over there. I'll talk. About, yeah. All right. Hey, who was on perp duty? Oh, uh, 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 uh. you know. And so that's what that's how they talk. I think this is just, you know, they're so 
blasé about what they do. It's like, oh, well, let's see what's on the schedule for tonight, tonight's news. Oh, we haven't filled our perp slot yet. Can we get someone to go get a perp story? I presume it's something like that. Uh, maybe. I don't know. I just never, I've never heard anyone, I, of course, I haven't been listening to New York news that much. No. Say how, how, how perp. <laughs> as a, it's, a, it's a slang term. Why would a news reporter yeah. use it? Perp. And it's also kind of a lousy, I don't like the word it sounds, no, I don't yeah. like the sound no. of it. Perp. Sounds like poop, poop, perp. No, it's not good. Anyway. So how are you monitoring, uh, when, you, when you're in the bunker, um, in your geranimals? Right, how are you monitoring the world? With what what knobs well, you have are to you imagine. Here, I got the big control center, and I got these two big knobs. And then there's uh, to my right, to my immediate right, there is like a, a like a, a a lever that I pull very slowly, and and, and an antenna goes straight up out of the middle of the house, <laughs> it's way into the air, and then it starts going beep beep beep. It starts and a little red light on the top lights up because for legal reasons. And so then I so I pull that thing up, and then I start to use the tuners. And I and I hone in on various parts of the country. I think I built that box here. Actually, my demo is done. By the way, the uh, my uh, I'm calling it the Prepper SDR. <laughs> the Prepper, <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah, actually, which yeah. So it's a software. Def- so it's uh, I, I'm going to do a video about. It. I tried to do a video, but then for some reason my Android phone, which you think would work with Google, decided to like turn my video sideways. Um, but I. It's a black box. You literally screw an antenna on the back, plug in an adapter. Power supply could be a car power. And then you just fire up uh, either your um, your smartphone or your laptop, you know, Mac, Windows, Linux, everything works with it. And I was doing digital modes. Uh, I'm, I'm doing like, you know, 2,000 miles with this thing on one watt, just on this friggin' wire. It's amazing. And that it is amazing. And I think I think I can get it in in production for $399. Can't you get it cheaper? No, I don't think so. What's so expensive about it? Well, there's it's a one watt transmitter, which is every twenty nine dollar box that's got Wi Fi in it can have. Well, well, okay, but it also has Wi Fi because you're connecting to it via Wi Fi. So you, so that's the cool thing about it. You're not connecting. So you can take this thing on the road. You can put it, you know, anywhere where it's convenient for you, and then you can connect through Wi-Fi, or if you want, you can connect it to the Internet and just connect to it through the Internet. Um, but, you know... Um, I, uh, okay, so you connect to the Internet, then I talk to it, and then I can... You, you, if, if you want, if you want, you can... <laughs> no, if you want, you can literally use your laptop microphone uh, for, you know, just a, a voice conversation. I can I can do voice over yeah, this? Yeah, yes. It's all CW. No, no, it's, it's, uh, uh, it's sideband... So, uh, CW, no, but it's digital modes. Digital. Do you have to have a, a, a ham license? Yes. Well, not to receive, but to use it, yes. Well, yes. What's the, what license do you need? Can you do it on a tech? Uh, you can do certain bands on a tech, yes. Uh, it has multiple bands? Yes, it's, it's software defined. So it does, uh, it goes from um, 80 meters up to uh, 15 meters. So it's got quite a range. So if you sell a thousand of them, you'd have three hundred ninety-eight thousand dollars in in net sales. Yeah. What does that give you as a profit? How much do you make per box? Well, I, I don't know. Now I've got to find. You know, there's a couple people who want to talk to me about manufacturing it. China. Yeah, I, I, I wish I didn't have to resort to that, but it seems like that's the way to go. 
But then the Chinese, if you do, they'll you, steal it. They'll steal the one, whole idea. Right. They'll steal the idea. One false move, you get screwed. <laughs> so can I patent this idea? I think I should, right? Yeah, but, duh. But how do I, how do I, now that I've said this on the air, am I too late? Is someone going to rush off and no, patent no, no. it? Or no. is this good? No, I'm sure that you've got little idiosyncratic aspects to it that no one, you're not explaining. But I would uh, definitely get the book patented yourself from No Low Press and go cheap. Patented yourself from No Low Press. Okay. Yeah, no, it's also cool let's because... Get the early filings and you could fix the patent later. So let's say that you and I are both camping, as an example, which could happen. And uh, no, and, I, not. and I bring the Prepper SDR. So uh, we could you can use your laptop or, or smartphone. You would work right on your Android, got an app for it. And you could connect to the same box... Um, yeah. Now we can't we can't both transmit at the same time, uh, but you can you can listen to what I'm listening to, and then I can give you control, and then you can change the frequency and transmit. It's it's cool. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun. It you know it has no use other than for people who are hams who um, are excited about something you know a platform to, to screw around you with. You might sell a million of them for uh, all yeah, you know. You never know. Um, yeah, I and, do know you're not going to sell. Them no, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I won't. Uh, and then the other thing that's uh, cool, of course, is there is the prepper community. So if uh, if everything uh, falls to crap, then this is the box you want to have. Because, you know, it operates on a battery. You know, you can communicate all around the world. Hmm. You don't need, you don't, I mean, you won't need a hand you know, license you, when you, that happens. You FRS, some of the family radio systems, some of these other uh, bands that are, uh, you know, wide open. Yeah, but that's, that has no reach. You don't want that. No, you want this thing. Uh, for one, you know, you want this thing in your in your bunker, okay? You just want it tucked away. Hey, okay, I'll get one. Of course you No, I'll give I you one. Up. I'm going to give you one. You are my wow. friend. Wow, <laughs> I get a ticket to South by Southwest. <laughs> in the morning. Almost yeah, got, as good. You know, I was anyway, we were explaining I had the lever and I got the two knobs. I did pick up one time. I, this only, This happens very rarely. But I did get inside an office. I guess the Wi-Fi was open to a mic or something, and I, so I'm I'm dealing, just listening and listening, and I and I did record it just so I don't know what it was, but it was kind of interesting. Are you doing uh, stick here? Is that the, <laughs> the, the TPS report? <laughs> okay, gee, how is this possible? Hello, Peter. What's happening? Uh, we have sort of a problem here. Yeah, you apparently didn't put one of the new cover sheets on your TPS reports. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry about that. I, I forgot. Mm, yeah. You see, we're putting the cover sheets on all TPS reports now before they go out. Did you see the memo about this? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I have the memo right here. I just, uh, forgot. But, uh, it's... Not shipping out till tomorrow, so there's no problem. Yeah. If you could just go ahead and make sure you do that from now on, that would be great. And uh, I'll go ahead and make sure you get another copy of that memo. Okay? Yeah, no, I, bye I, bye I, I have the memo. I've got it. It's right. Yeah, um, okay. I don't know what that was. I, I, I just I, picked it up out of the air <sighs> and uh, recorded it. Right. All right, onward. Uh, North Korea, the People's Republic of... Um, in uh, it's so important this story that Diane Sawyer shows up sober 
to intro it. So this, you know something's up. Good evening. Oh, she we must begin be angry. With... No, <laughs> she looks mean. North Korea and a sharp new warning of all-out war for the first time. The mysterious and secretive nation has threatened a preemptive nuclear strike Woo! against the U.S. It comes as the U.N. approves tough new sanctions. So how dangerous is the situation? What countermeasures could America take? Here's ABC's chief global affairs correspondent, Martha Raddatz. Now, Martha, roll it on me, Martha. This is serious business. Thousands upon thousands of North Koreans rallied today around a North Korean general delivering that stunning threat. A first-strike nuclear attack with a vow to engulf Washington, D.C. in a sea of fire. They're threatening a nuclear preemptive attack. Never done that before. The young North Korean dictator, despite the diversion of Dennis Rodman's visit, now lashing out against the U.S. and South Korean military. Okay, so you get the idea about what's going on. And I have a theory about Dennis Rodman, a new one, which I'll get to in a second. But, of course... Uh, it's so obvious that uh, the memo went out. And, you know, ABC is completely compromised. They are the most compromised of all, as seeing as literally the news director is sleeping with, uh, you know, the Obama administration. <clears throat> literally. Literally married to sleeping the whole deal. Maybe even having some furry sex. Uh, so the memo has gone out, and, uh, of course, it goes to the Council on Foreign Relations. So Erin Burnett over there at the CNNs, uh, she has to really lay it on. I mean, really lay it on. And she's got some idiot on this show who, who you know, we, I mean, remember those movies? We, the, the two movies we were talking about, Odyssey, Odyssey, White House Down and Odyssey has, uh, um, Olympus has fallen. The two right. movies about the president, you know, the White House being right, blown the ones up. That were, it looked like they were, we interpreted it as uh, threats by some intelligence. Agency. So I think this is just adding to that reaction because our words were pretty interesting. Oh, she's going to play a little bit of uh, Victoria Newland uh, at the State Department. She's taken my gig, basically. This kind of bellicose rhetoric from the DPRK is, is not surprising. It's not new. Uh, this regime has regularly missed the opportunity to improve its relationship with the outside world. And Gordon, obviously that she's trying not to overreact, uh, but, you know, just to call it bellicose rhetoric, is that really what it is? Cause and before he answers that, interesting word, bellicose. Had you ever heard of this word? Yeah, that's a very common word. I've never, I, you know, I think my entire life I've never heard someone use the word bellicose. Huh. And it's, yeah. an, it's a nice, and what, is it, what does it mean, bellicose? Blow hard. <laughs> Actually, I got a different. I got warlike or hostile in manner or temperament. Yes. Blowhard. It seems like a lot of people really treat North Korea like it's all rhetoric. It's kind of a joke, like I said. But then you're saying, no, it may not be a joke. Well, it's not a joke because they have wanted these weapons. They've wanted three-stage ballistic missiles. They sell them to the world's dangerous actors like Iran. So we know that there's a problem here, even if they don't use them themselves. And also, I think they actually can strike the U.S. today preemptively. Nah. They can take a Toyota pickup truck, put a nuke in the back, and they can park it in any city. And some oh. people in Washington are concerned that the, the ambassador to the U.N. from the North Korean, Korea could actually call the White House and say, look, I've pre-positioned a bomb on the East Coast. Do you want to talk? They can do that. And so we have to be concerned not only about their missiles, but also about other ways that they could sneak a device into the United States. In a Toyota pickup, apparently. So Why Toyota? That's my question. First thing that comes to mind. <laughs> Why Toyota? Yeah, I, I'm not, I, that was 
bothersome to me as well. But it is kind of <clears throat> Toyota is kind of the the, the pickup of the the, the terrorist uh, crowd. So I think it was just a, a, a simple. He got paid <clears throat> extra money <laughs> to say to Toyota. Product placement. But if, but if you look at the Arab Spring, all the the pickup is the choice of of Al, it is Al Qaeda's pickup. Right? Did you see that there was a web page? Did you see that you saw it? Right? No, no, no. What what is it? What is it? Oh yeah, there was a web page that that accused the networks of using that doing product placement because they showed these Toyota logos on all these trucks. There were Toyotas in Libya. There were Toyotas in in, in Syria. There were Toyotas in uh, Iraq. There's Toyota, and it's always it's always the backside of a truck with some dumb machine gun mounted on it that yeah. I can't even imagine working right. And these guys driving these Toyotas around it always said it clearly said Toyota on the back. And now we have the guy. This triggered this whole thing. Now we have this idiot mentioning Toyota again. So Toyota's paying for this. There's no doubt about it well, now. Okay, well, so we'll know. So Toyota clearly is sponsoring Al-Qaeda or aiding and comfort. But, you know, we'll know that it's for real when we've got Al-Qaeda driving around in a Prius. Then we'll know that there's really something <laughs> going Prius. on. And it could it's happen. Like family guy. <laughs> Hello, Ahmed. Hello, Akbar, Prius. Hello, Akbar. I need to charge. Uh, anyway, so here's my theory. On, I had a theory on Dennis Rodman, and it just hit me. I'm like, oh, my God, of course. Because you know, we, we, all the media was, like, so angry, and why is anyone taking him serious? And, you know, and I was like. They didn't do crap with Eric Schmidt. We have to reiterate that. Yes. Eric Schmidt goes over. There's a cakewalk. Mm -hmm. So um, now, of course, we know Donald Trump was involved for the simple reason that, you know, he had to. You know, promote uh, Celebrity Apprentice, which Dennis Rodman is on. Um, but then all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, my God. Dennis Rodman was given the cancer virus to go shoot up Kim Jong-un. You know, you know, this is what Hugo, what Chavez has, you know, said is that, you know, America gave me cancer. And, and, and wouldn't it be, wouldn't it make so much sense for... Okay, a couple of things. Well, I'm not buying this. That's not our style, A. And and Kim Jong-un, I do not believe it was us. I think that Kim Jong-un, or I'm sorry, uh, Caesar, or Caesar Chavez, uh, Victor Chavez, whatever Hugo, his name Hugo, is. Hugo. Hugo <laughs> Pete, the Chavez. Pete. <laughs> Pete Chavez. That's bogus because the, all along, I believe the following actually happened. They try, You know, the Economic Hitman book talks about this. They tried to kill him. Yeah, with, with he, exploding cigars. That's our style? Well, it used to be. Nowadays, it's we just drone him. But anyway, so they tried to kill him, and then it, it, and then he realized that America was, wasn't his friend because he wasn't going along with the program. And then they tried to kill him again. I think in, in a plane. Our way of doing it is a light plane crash. Yeah, you get on a plane. True, true, true. And, true, and you get true. the plane crashes, and you're dead. And it's easy, and nobody can. Just, you can't do anything. I think somebody else tried to or did kill Chavez. I don't think it was us because I think he made a deal, eventually made a deal with us, and, it, and the deal would have gone like this. And the reason I suggest that is because his, the output of Venezuela's oil production is 1.7 million barrels a day. We get a million of it. Right. Plus. And we also have the Citgo gas station operation, which is all owned by the Venezuelans, and they give away all kinds of stuff. They're very generous if you during the a couple of – cold waves that took place in the east coast they were giving fuel oil away and and i think it went like this it was like look we're gonna we'll do a deal you can get the oil and you can have a piece of the action take this oil and and we'll, we'll be good to go with 
dole out the rest of it to our friends. Also gave us a, it was a conduit into Cuba because he was helping Cuba when the Russians weren't. And I think, you know, there's some sympathy toward the Cubans. And so they let Chavez deal with that. But but the cover had to be he hates us. And right. this was kind of revealed by a book uh, that came out recently called Living with the U.N., where there's where all these countries line up against us in the General Assembly. But then when it comes to the way we really operate behind the scenes, it's a completely different relationship. Very interesting. What, thesis, what, is, very what, interesting what is the name book. of this book? Living with the U.N. Oh, okay. And I have a couple of clips from this guy, actually, from that book. Oh. And it, that's what kind of reminded me of this. But anyway, so I think that – I don't think so. I don't think – it was somebody else. And I, I, I would either suspect the Russians because he reneged on some sort of a deal mm-hmm. or it could have been some South American operation. It, I just do not buy that. And I can't see Dennis Rodman even getting into the country without being, you know, kind of strip searched. So, no, nah, that's – Okay, well, I, well, it was it just came to me in a dream, but I do have a, an interesting clip about uh, uh, Chavez uh, from a guy who interviewed him, uh, was doing a book on him. Uh, uh, one of those like New York Times duties, I forget his name, uh, and 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 I'm really sad now because this guy was totally, totally my kind of guy. Thing to not like the Monroe Doctrine, and we discussed that, and it was another thing. To think he was the, you know, the ghost of, of Simone Bolivar lived in him, but he didn't believe. He told me that Americans went to the moon, um, that that was staged in Hollywood. Uh, Excellent. Um, he seemed to me to even question nine eleven uh, and the towers being hit. Uh, so he, I came across. He was very charismatic um, and liked in Venezuela by the poor people, but he was anti-American and had too much of a conspiratorial bent for me to admire. When, when you say he was uh, raising questions about 9-11 and the, and the destruction of the World Trade Center by those planes, uh, what was he saying, that that was just some sort of conspiracy was made up by the U.S.? Was that what he believed? Yes, and that, you know, somehow that the United States, you know, he was very always worried that the United States was up to shenanigans and use our media culture to um, pull over, you know, pull big ones on the world community. Um, and I grew up in Ohio, and Neil Armstrong was my hero. No. So I was sort of a little surprised to hear him go on at some length about uh, um, Apollo 11 just being a farce. And it made me realize we couldn't take him too seriously. On the other hand, um, I think our government's done the right thing. We've had trade relations. You could fly Houston to Caracas. It's an important country. He did some good things in that country. Uh, but we don't need an embassy or an ambassador there. We just didn't have the right relationship with him. I would also tell you, Wolf, <laughs> the most interesting thing that I Bro. found was he wrote regular letters to Castro, and they would deliver them by courier. Nah, whatever. Uh, so I thought so that kind of confirms what you're saying is, hey, hey, here's what I'll do. Uh, I'll, you can fly direct from Houston, of course, you know, oil capital of the, of the United States of Gitmo Nation, to Caracas, but then I'll go all crazy on the moon landing shit like that curry dude. <laughs> like the curry dude. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I think there was something. Uh, I, eventually, it'll be turned out that he was like using our pocket. Uh, probably. I mean, he, you know, the deal was, think about it from his perspective. They try to kill you because you weren't, you were sincere and you thought you weren't going to go along with some crazy program. Some guy shows up in your office. <laughs> and I go, this is outlined in the Economic Hitman book right. by, by uh, John Perkins. Yeah. 
And so, and then, and he says, this is terrible. These guys are serious. They're trying to kill me. And then you you don't get killed. They they screw it up. And then they try to kill you again. At that point, I think you're going to say, look, okay. All right already. All right. What do you want me to do? (laughs) Just tell me. What do you want me to do? I'll do it, but I have to have this cover because I've already, I'm going to look like a douche. My own people are going to kill me if, 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 you know, this is discovered or if I all of a sudden knuckle under. Hey, so so this moon thing, just for a second. Did you hear uh, about this moon mining race that's on now that Google is an X prize, but I think Google is offering like twenty three million dollars for the first pers- person who can mine the moon. Have you have you I mean this this thing's coming to light here that I don't un- I'm really confused. Listen to a bit of this and you help me understand. There's no such thing as a final frontier in Silicon Valley. And there's a lot of big thinking. Our friends at NASA have given us clearance to show you the hover test facility and our lander test vehicle. Bob Richards wants to mine the moon. This is BBC, by the way. So the focus of the engineering effort at Moon Express is, of course, the lander itself. And this is the prototype. Moon Express is trying to make money out of landing on the moon. There's $30 million in XPRIZE money to land on the surface, deploy a robot, and send back pictures by 2015. So let's stop there. How hard can this be? Wait a minute, wait, wait a minute. Food Express, is that the company? No, Moon. Moon Express. Oh, Moon. I said food. I'm thinking, what are they going to do? I, but There's I understand. No... I mean, the the original um, walk moon. on the moon, moon landing, was in 1960? 69. Nine, and we had, you know... We had nothing. We had no, you know, the computer, even the space shuttle only had 64 kilobytes of RAM. I I know because I spoke to a couple astronauts. It's like, you know, this this can't be hard. This can't be like 2000. Why can't we we do this now? This shouldn't be so hard. We're talking about technology from Elon Musk. 1969. How hard can this be? We landed dudes on the moon. Now he's like, he's trying to land a little robot and this is difficult. This is where the testing takes place. He's got a little, little like, robot, like a, a Zumba falling into a trampoline or something. The vehicle needs to learn how to land itself. There's too much of a delay to control it from Earth. What do you mean? How hard can this be? This is easy. We've done, we did this 30 years ago. We 40. a little robot on Mars. 40, a lot how hard can this be? But success can bring great riches. Now listen to this. The most important thing about the moon is probably the stuff we haven't even discovered yet, but what we do know is that there could be more platinum group metals on the surface of the moon. What? There's platinum on the moon? Why are we all over? That was just worthless moon dust. No, 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 wait. Then all of the reserves of Earth, we know that there's water on the moon. There's water on the moon. What is this? What is going on? Why is is the BBC trying to confuse me? Yeah, well, that goes without saying. This platinum. 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 There's the more moon. platinum on the moon than all reserves on Earth. And NASA has given this guy permission to use their hangar to test his moon lander, which is so complicated. There's something we, we've had the technology for 40 years. He, it's, oh, oh, I don't know if I can do it. Here's an article that goes back to October 21st, 2011. Self-made billionaire who wants to mine the moon. So this is already two years old. Who, where on earth uh, took the next natural? He's apparently this guy. Oh, Naveen Jain, that guy. <laughs> oh, someone you know? Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, uh, you so he already got $10 million bucks to deal with this. But apparently there's 20 times more titanium and platinum than anywhere on earth. 
says Tibby Pulu of ZME Science. Is this based on what they found in those rocks, the few rocks they brought back, or what? I don't know, but how or is come- it done on a spectrogram? They have some telescope that can figure out what the what the composition of the planet but what is. What are we doing, moon? wasting our time on Mars? We should be on the moon, mining it, mining it, mining for bitcoins on the moon. And while you beautiful segue, I might thank add. you, thank you. May I may I lay down my theory first before you come up with your son's theory? No, it's not my son's theory. Oh well, he he stumbled across it. May I may I tell you what I've discovered from all my research? I'll tell you the basic, and then I, I want to hear. Yeah, we're talking about Bitcoin. Give us a little background for the listeners who didn't listen to the last three shows where we put Bitcoins as a donation possibility, then we killed it. Yeah. Like yesterday. Yeah. Okay. A little background. Okay. So a little background, and, and this will I think this is going to be the last time we need to speak with it about it. <clears throat> so <clears throat> Bitcoin is, uh, it's uh, a, a, they call it a, Cipher currency, a cryptocurrency. I'm sorry, cryptocurrency, and uh, it's uh, people are very, very passionate about how awesome this is because there's no uh, central entity, there's no Federal Reserve, there's a, oh Jesus Christ, I have a oh oh my God, my uh, something just crashed. Are you, can you still hear me? Yeah, you sound great. Okay, something crashed hard, but uh, okay, we're back. Um, so it's called the cryptocurrency. People are very, very passionate about it. They're they're completely uh, into it. Uh, they call themselves the and I and I can I uh, hereby avow to avow to continue to uh, refer to uh, you as the Bitcoin community. Uh, so the Bitcoin community <laughs> really is is just loving this alternative form of payment. It seems people who are uh, f- primarily uh, libertarians. Uh, who hate the Federal Reserve, which I am one of. I'm not a libertarian per se, but I, I, I hate everything about the Federal Reserve and all this stuff, but we all know that. But people are just completely so passionate about it. In fact, I'm going to play you a little clip to lead into this. This is the um, the owner of the BitcoinStore.com, Roger Ver. Unfortunately, BitcoinStore.com doesn't have a lot of great products I'm interested in. But here's his pitch, and this is, I mean, uh, I actually went out and tried to find some uh, herbal life uh, people, because it sounds he sounds just like it. I couldn't really match it up, so I and I, I decided he was just good enough by himself. But listen to his pitch is mind-boggling. It is you know it's like you remember when we had bread and then we had sliced bread. Well, this is it, baby. I, I got to stand up because I'm just so excited about Bitcoin. I can't talk about it while sitting down. So I mean, this right there, I can't. Oh, brother. <laughs> well, I know what you mean. Anybody already sounds like a scammer. No, wait, hold on. You to listen to that. Hold on. I gotta roll that back. This is this is it's he, like the calls you get from these guys, these stock brokers. Hey, I'm so excited about this stock. Do you buy stocks and bonds? <laughs> hey, do you buy stocks and bonds? You wanna get rich? You wanna get rich beyond your wildest dreams? Like leave your wife rich, you don't buy stocks and bonds. Like, I, I got a stock tip for you. Like that? You know, Horowitz can actually, I think, almost do that voice. I actually stopped the guy once. That didn't get off the track too far. But I had a guy, you know, I, I used to be on some list. They finally took me off, and I get these calls from these guys, and they always had this weird sound. They, they talked in a certain kind of an accent, and I stopped one <laughs> yeah. guy. I said, look, I'm not, I'm not investing in anything. I said, but I want to ask you a couple of questions. You have the you had, one guy in particular had this perfect voice for selling stocks from a boiler room over uh-huh. the phone. Mm-hmm. And I, I just stopped him, and I started discussing the voice that he had. 
And he said, and, and Horowitz confirmed this, he said the, the way he sees it, it's a combination of a Boston accent and a New York accent put together in some in some way where you, you as a fast talker, you sound credible for some unknown reason. He said, he <laughs> that's, said right. that's the voice yeah. that works the best. Hey, you want to buy stocks and stocks and bonds? I got to tell you, I got I want to be rich beyond your wildest dreams. How about that? Am I close? No, you're not even close. Oh, okay. We so. have to get a, a copy of this voice and then maybe we can. We'll try. We'll try to emulate. Well, but listen to this guy and then, uh, but listen to what he starts off with. I, I got to stand up because I'm just so excited about Bitcoin. I can't talk about it while sitting down. So That's almost the voice. Now, be quiet. Otherwise, you're going to step on the important line. I'm shutting up. Anybody here that's sick of the government inflating the money supply to pay to kill people all around the world? Okay, so his pitch is, is anybody here sick of the government inflating the money supply to kill people all around the world? This is his Bitcoin pitch. Wow. And uh, and it would have been better if he said kill brown people who live in sandy places. But okay, so I, it's appealing to me. Like, yeah, fuck yeah. Stop using their money. Use Bitcoin. I, the answer is here. We can put a stop to all of that. You oh, don't yeah. have to support them in any way. Start using Bitcoin. There are so many websites that accept Bitcoin now. More and more coming online every day. If you have a business, you need to start accepting Bitcoin. What Bitcoin allows every single person in this room and on the planet who has access to the Internet, you can have your own private bank account, right? It's called a Bitcoin account, and it's impossible for the government to seize your account. It's mathematically impossible for anyone to block you from sending or receiving money with anyone else anywhere in the world. And if you're careful about how you use it, it can be done anonymously as well. This totally strips government's control over the money supply away. There's nothing they can do about it. There's no way they can stop it. The only way they could stop it would be to shut down the entire Internet in the entire world. And that's not going to happen. I, this is what every libertarian's absolute dream come true. It's here, and it's called Bitcoin, and we need to spread the word to everybody about it. And I'm glad you guys are here, and we're here to answer your questions about it. And when you're done learning about it here today, tell your friends, tell your family, help them set up Bitcoin wallets, help tell everybody that you know about Bitcoin. Anytime you need to buy something, ask the merchant if they'll allow you to pay in Bitcoin. And anytime you receive U.S. dollars, convert them to Bitcoins, then use them as Bitcoins. We need to spread this, and the world is going to be a much, much, much better place because of it. And it's not a question of... If this is going to happen, it's just a question of how soon it's going to happen. And with your help, we can make it happen sooner rather than later. Unicorns and rainbows, my friend. Wow. That's a great <laughs> clip. I'm giving you clip of the day right there. Oh, well, thank you. That's very kind of you. I, I, I will accept it because uh, I happen to agree. It's, that was pretty good. Clip of the day. Uh, so this guy, you know, he's on the scene. He's, uh, people, he is now at the top of the, uh, the Bitcoin community. Um, because of his BitcoinStore.com, which you know, uh, which I, I have just not been able to find. I, I desperately want to buy a lens for Miss Mickey for her camera. No, you can get a camera mount in the professional photography section. So hard. Okay, doesn't matter. Um, there's so I, I'm going to give you two things that are questionable, and then I'm going to give you my theory. Um, oh, by the way, uh, the government can most definitely. Uh, take your Bitcoin, all they need to do is take the computer that has the Bitcoin uh, wallet on it. So it's not like, um, you know, like this is uh, completely secure. So this, right, this, and the government loves taking computers. They love taking computers. Now, so the thing that bothers me that everyone glosses over so easily is the creator, uh, whether it's a single person or a group, 
of the Bitcoin. Um, so I'm just going to read from the Bitcoin wiki, which uh, right on the Wikipedia page, it says, you know, people who have written this are closely associated to it. So, you know, you have to question its authority, but it's the book of knowledge. Um, so this, you know, the anonymous hacker, uh, Satoshi Nakamoto was the uh, was the pseudonymous person or group of people who designed and created the original Bitcoin protocol and launched the launched the Bitcoin network. Beyond Bitcoin, no other links to this identity has been found. His involvement in the original Bitcoin protocol does not appear to extend past mid 2010. So everyone's very easy to just dismiss the uh, magical uh, superhero of the universe. Of all libertarians who have been just waiting for this to happen, these superhero who said, I'm going to create the answer to all problems in the world, and I'm going to remain anonymous. And the reason why this person is not known to us is because it is actually at least three people, two of whom are currently in jail, and one who is most likely dead. And the jail, uh, I would have to say, is Russian. Now, I don't have any proof of this, and this is, people talk to me, so, you know, just take that for what it is, because, you know, New York Times, everyone's trying to find the creator of Bitcoin, and uh, every single invention in the universe, we have a guy to point to, but this guy doesn't want to be known. Well, it's because he's in jail, or dead, or uh, or all three or of them. Or worse. Or worse. Now, if you have ever used the Bitcoin, and this is, you can't find anything on the, on the, there's a little piece on the Wikipedia page about the automatic built-in transaction fee. And uh, I want to know more about where this fee goes. So it's automatically set to 0.01 Bitcoin, which at today's price is almost half a buck for a transaction fee. And where does this go? Well, you know, do you really need to put it in? Well, I, you know, I put my transaction fee, which by default in the client is set up with a number. I set it to zero, 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 zero. My transaction went through. So apparently you don't need it. And they're making up some story that, well, it goes to the miners or, you know, uh, it has to appear somewhere. If you don't do it, then your system. This is not how a peer to peer system works. If it's peer to peer, right, then it should work peer to peer. You're equal. Peer-to-peer -peer does not mean I've got to pay you something to do something. That's not a peer-to-peer -peer system. So I have questions about that, but that's not the most important thing. The most important thing comes back to this mining. So we have, in the Bitcoin community, we have miners. And these miners are how Bitcoins are created. And a Bitcoin is really nothing more than a number, a big, long number uh, that is then valid on the network. It's an answer to a question, essentially. Um, so there's this algorithm that has to be processed, and uh, and people are setting up huge botnets. There's um, uh, you can even buy special computers with processors that are tuned specifically to mine bitcoins because the way this thing is set up, uh, uh, with the more bitcoins or answers are created the harder it gets, the harder the algorithm gets, therefore the longer it is to come up with the so-called bitcoins. Look at this from a different perspective. We have now uh, a huge community, I'm going to refer to you as a community people, creating these answers, the answer to this algorithm. Um, and the, an the questions get harder, so it takes longer to create the answers. Now the answer to you is a, a Bitcoin which you apparently can use to, to transact, and that is all fine and that all works. But what is this algorithm really? 
if you had the skill to psychologically trick people into using massive, massive computing resources, literally building data centers, supercomputers, doing it with peer parallel processing to create this huge entity of computing power that is coming up with the answers to these questions of an algorithm which is unknown. We do, we do not know anything about the algorithm. What are you really doing? Are these bitcoins? Or are all of these strings, these answers, are they part of a giant rainbow table? You know what a rainbow table is, John? Yeah, I do. I keep going. This is interesting. So the rainbow table, so essentially, um, if you want to crack the nuclear, uh, the encryption for the nuclear codes or Visa or MasterCard's codes, you could um, put supercomputers on it and process for 100 years, or you, the rainbow table, essentially, you're creating all the answers possible. So if you have an 8-bit problem, there's 256 answers. You have this massive Bitcoin um, algorithm, which you know we don't really know what it is. You're creating a table of trillions, maybe quadrants. I don't know how many. I'm not a mathematician. I'm very unskilled at this, but I'm trying to explain as best as possible. You come up with a, a, a machine where you only have to, you just put the, the question, the code in, and it'll pop out because the answer has already been discovered. And this computing power, no one is questioning what this really is. Yes, it's a Bitcoin, but there is some real thinking out there that this is creating a massive rainbow table which can be used to hack something really, really huge and really big and really important. At the same time, the community gets their Bitcoin. You get to trade and do everything. Now, uh, I will not participate. Of course, I'll have a couple of Bitcoins. You know, it can come, come in handy. But the universe of this money is so small, it's easy to manipulate. Uh, so I, it, I, I really don't think it's not FDIC, FDIC insured. There's a whole bunch of reasons why you don't want to put all your eggs in, into this basket. We can't live on donations through it because you can have donations. And then the next day there could be, you know, another like someone stole 12,000 bitcoins. Nothing really happens. Something big could happen. The, 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 the universe of Bitcoin is too small. So it's easy to manipulate. We could lose money that we actually need. Uh, so we can't live on it. It will work perfectly for what people think it's intended for. But my belief is that there so is So you some think it's a part of a giant international scheme to crack passwords? Yes. This is very similar to the idea where they have these banks of computer guys somewhere in India who uh, all they do is look at uh, CAPTCHAs mm -hmm. and they, they just type in the captures into these just would appear to be anonymous sites but in fact it is creating a a bot army that can go that can infect all kinds of different uh sites mm -hmm. uh for spamming or for whatever everything's really i would actually you might assume there's some spamming aspect to this could be well that's an interesting theory because that is not what uh, JC's idea was, and of course, it's, I didn't even go that deep into it because I don't care. But, uh, <laughs> I know but, you just—I'm just entertaining myself here. <laughs> you are, but JC had an interesting thing which you actually brought up on the last show when we talked about bitcoins and and the fact that there's no such thing as an anonymous activity in Correct. the Bitcoin community. Yeah, he says that the whole thing is to track. Because one of the biggest Bitcoin users, even though they try to make it sound as though you can just use Bitcoins and you're out of the system, 
He says this is the way for the government to track anyone who buys illegal drugs from that one drug site that literally sells pot to people over the Internet using Bitcoin technology. Well, we'll check it out. The government is going to do nothing about and by the way, it's Bitcoin. It's Bitcoin, not S. Bitcoin. You know, it's like fruit. It's yeah, yeah. Well, I, okay. Again, I don't All care. Right. I know. You can call it Fred. Okay. So the Bitcoin community is actually doing the government's work because you know that new massive data center they're setting up in Utah or whatever it is. Yeah, Utah. They're not gonna. They don't have to turn it on. All they gotta do is just hook up to the Bitcoin and let everyone else do the work. Yeah, that's pretty much. <laughs> it's like thank I'm, you, thank you. You well, do all the work. Well, my concept is different. I'm thinking about this as something else because I'm always looking. Is uh, a stock market related item. I'm always looking for some screwball thing that makes zero sense that starts to creep into the public domain. Even though this hasn't gotten to the point where it's where it's the same as what happened in the late '90s. Mm-hmm. And and my coinage for what I think this is. Personally, I think Bitcoin is the beanie babies of currency. <laughs> that is the opening of the show. Let me just write down the <laughs> the beanie ba- Yes, I am with you, John. And if you remember that era, and I do, because I was, always had the stupid look on my face. It's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> People would talk about beanie babies as the- some sort of a weird investment. <sighs> and there was even a, a channel on the television, on the cable. That was dedicated to auctioning off all the rare Beanie Babies that came and went. And it was unbelievable to me that people bought into this. And, of course, that market collapsed along with the stock market. And I thought it was a, it was a precursor. I think, and I think the Bitcoin may be a precursor to the crash, which is coming. Wow. 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 Oh, wow. You just got me with that. The Oracle speaks. Wow. And well, I was always looking for something wacky like Beanie Babies, and I just could not find it. And then when you started bringing up Bitcoin, it dawned on me that that's what it is. It's so, the bit because it's always something that makes no sense. These things aren't gold; they're not platinum. There's no intrinsic value. This, it, it, people don't like specie. They don't like they don't like the dollar bill, but they like this. Come on. <laughs> Uh, we like it a dollar bill, though. I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda. It's the Beanie Babies. In the morning. Right, what, was the, what was the quote again? It's the Beanie Babies of... Currency. Of, <laughs> it's the Beanie Babies of currency. But so the Beanie Babies, that did kind of precede the, the bubble popping, didn't it? Yeah. You're right. At some it, point, it, people get a little nutty when they got, you know, things are going too well. Is there a Wikipedia page that well, actually, probably someone said? On Beanie Babies? I'm sure there Beanie is. Beanie Babies caused the... Well, it never caused. Crash. It never caused. It was just a, it was an, it was like a coincident index. Things don't cause, the Beanie Babies didn't cause it. The Beanie Babies were, were a function of it. They were part of, it, of the whole thing falling apart. Anyway, let's thank a few people who helped us because we did get a big response, and we're just going to name names and, and tell amounts, and we'll mention a couple of things that this got something good to say. But we got Richard Haskins at the top of the list from Stephen City, Virginia, with one hundred fifty six fifty six, which apparently is half, a, a cent shy of half of three thirteen thirteen. Okay. He's going to. I'll throw in the penny then for him. No, he's, now he's at one fifty six fifty seven. Oh. Uh, anonymous in St. Petersburg, Florida, one thirty nine thirty eight. 
which is 69, 69 times two, which really doesn't count for the 69 thing. Mark Fusco, uh, our new night coming up, San Antonio, Texas, 13370. Which is uh, elite, of course. What's elite? As in elite, elite. Yeah, oh, lead. I wondered where I saw this note and I was wondering what he's talking about. Yes, lead. He's lead. He's lead. Oh, he's lead. He's lead. He's, he's lead. Not in the Bitcoin community. He's he lead. seems to know something about food and wine because he, he knows the foie gras sauterne combination, which I think is nice. So we'll uh, have you got to eat with him. He's in just up there in San Antonio. Dwayne Byblo. Hmm. In Calgary, where all the money is in Alberta. Uh, one, two, three, four, five. Patrick Turner, Austin, Texas. One, eleven, eleven. Ulrich Hansen, Copenhagen. One, one, oh, three, three. And this is completing his knighthood. We have a lot of knights coming in. Hey, someone sent me a um, a stinky brown cheese uh, from that's from Denmark, I think. The brown stinky cheese. I don't know, <clears throat> and I can't remember who sent it, but it arrived at the house, and there was a note in it. It said, uh, "Please provide a, a new credit card number because this one, uh, this one didn't work." So they sent the cheese, but you didn't pay for it. Oh well, <laughs> the cheese sender will know who he is yeah. or she. Yeah, Sir Oscar Nadal in Tijuana, Baja California, one hundred one oh one. He is, we have him on the list for the birthday call out. Jay Zuckel in Los Angeles, California, one hundred new donor. Uh, new donor. He also said he's uh, he was on jury duty recently. And the prosecuting attorney asked if anybody in the jury pool had any doubts that a man walked on the moon. A few people raised their hands and they were shown the door. <laughs> Wait a minute. This is now a jury pool question. That's great. Well, I mean, I, you know, if I have if I have to do jury duty and they ask that, I'm not raising my hand. I'm going to see if I can get away with it. Well, you get a, of course you can get away with that. The only people who raise their hands so they could get thrown off. It's but, probably but you it's, don't know what they're thinking. It's well known. In fact, I, half of the people, if it was in Los Angeles, they don't even know their moon thing anything. They don't know anything. It's <laughs> that, you know, Britney Spears' birth date. Charles Kohler in Forestville, New South Wales, Australia, $100. Tristan McCann in South Berwick, Maine, 500 James Spitzer, Sir James Spitzer to you, Jamaica Plain, Massachusetts Nuts. Uh, and he specifically says no comment, which is a comment. Uh, Michael Bowling in or Bowling or Bowling. It's Bowling. Nobody uses Bowling. Could be Bowling. Santa Barbara, uh, one hundred in the morning. Uh, the he calls it the infrared slave monitoring. Something about it. I don't know what he's talking about. Uh, he, David Lane in Manassas, Virginia. Uh, KG four GIY seventy three. Anonymous in Anchorage, Alaska. Uh, hundred. Ralph Dadal in Albuquerque, 100. New, these are no new donors, a lot of new donors, which is really nice to see. Yeah, which is what we're trying to get these guys back on board. It was a success. Um, he's also going to subscribe to the $10 a month thing. Nice. Amari Alexandru Mihai in Romania. Um, he said the interesting thing. He says, this is the country... We're not long ago we had a referendum to dismiss our cross-eyed drunk president. Do we know anything about this guy? The cross-eyed drunk president of Romania? Yeah. Anyway, he'd like a karma for his family. No, I'll give him that, but uh, that's kind of interesting. we got to figure out what's going on. Simon Marciniak. Poland, 9999. 
I uh, probably got it. butchered his name. Sorry. Uh, send a um, whatever. James Rockle in Waterloo, Ontario. Again, 9999. Hello? Yeah, I'm not going to do it every single time. Okay. Well, I just said, I don't know. Can you give him a de-douching? Yes. He's a new... <laughs> You've been de-douched. William Ashby in Mobile, Mobile Alabama. <laughs> That'll get you email. Mobile. Mobile. At 9999. And he said the donation was for calling out Rand Paul for grandstanding. Huh? Right. Well, Brian no. Brown in Orange, California. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. He said, all the Rand Paul boosters are so desperate for a liberty-minded politician linked to Papa Ron, they're becoming useful idiots to the establishment because Rand is willing to play their game. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. That was my point yes, exactly. That's a, that's a position that I think is a valid. Yeah. Brian Brown in Orange, California, 9669. Another new donor. Uh, Scott Thompson in North Tonawanda. Oh, I love the name of that town. New York, 8639. No, no idea why why we have that number. Eighty six thirty nine. Another uninteresting number. It says <laughs> yeah. it's PayPal money got back from returning the new Sim City release after realizing oh. it was DM, DRM filled unpolished time sync of a game. Oh, okay. Which relies on the cloud for everything. Be forewarned. <laughs> anyway, there, that game hit the market with a tremendous uh, backlash. Capital Idea Radio, Cincinnati, Ohio, 8334. Best message ever. Let's have the message. Dear John and Adam, you can blow me. How's that for a short message? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's, how we, that's how we like to roll, people. <laughs> blow yourself. Uh, Benjamin Whitgers in Ames, Iowa. New donor. Whitgers, New donor. 8240. Uh, took it out of his raise that he just got. Uh, David McNell in Winfield, Illinois, 7770. And David McNell rhymes with Bell. Okay, I got that right. Um, Frank Pugh in Tallahassee, Florida, 75 bucks with the thanks us for everything. PSE in Nacogdoches. 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 It's not Nacogdoches. That's in Texas, I believe. That's uh, Louisiana, this place. 7373. Um. 73s to you, my friend. 73s, yeah. Where's his, uh, he doesn't have his, well, he wouldn't because he wants to be anonymous, so he won't give us his call sign. Uh, John Hamlin, Raleigh, North Carolina, 7007. Um, Tyler Fox, Sir Tyler Fox and Flagstaff, 70. Michael Fitzpatrick, East Islip, New York, 70. Islip. Yeah. What is with the 70? That's interesting. I have no idea. This just came up out of the blue. Hmm. There's no explanation by any of these people. Huh. Uh, Tyler does says he's a proud knight. Sir Brian Barrow in Wooten Bassett, my favorite. And that would be 6969, and that begins the uh, segment. 69! 69, dude! Uh, Marco Strauss in Ithaca. Another new 6969. Uh, Sir Thomas Nuss, Mom, these are all 6969. Sir Thomas in Virginia Beach. Oh, along with uh, St. Nicole. And St. Nicole, right. Scott Sandstad in Orangevale, California. Richard Chow, uh, God knows where. Uh, Tanya Wyman, Dame Tanya, our friend in New York. Thomas Lees in London. 
William Bagden in Holland, oh, Pennsylvania. I'd like to say Dame Tanya has done something we encourage. Uh, she actually gave uh, an advance on her refund for her taxes. Ooh. So that's uh, <clears throat> she's kind of reminding us, I think, subtly that this is a good way. Uh, you know, when you're looking for a little extra change to support the value that you get from the program, uh, that you might have that coming up from your tax refund. Narada Staple in Reservoir. Is that right, Victoria? Apparently he's uh, coming from Perth to road trip to Seattle to L.A. Okay. Ben Hink in Orland Park, Illinois. Uh, Tristan Mason in Auckland. We have all Australians coming in. Good. I have to start listening. I'm going to bring the antenna up and start listening to Australia this week. Yeah, turn it a little ben bit Van Kirkwick, right? Lincoln, California. George Vanderhorst, Black Knight George. Ah, Black Knight George. The, the Brian Borman there in Pennsylvania. Scott Ballard in uh, London. Kevin Webb in Texas. Sir Kevin to you. Sir Stephen Vanderhoff in North Carolina. Michael Bradbury in Ohio. And Joel Blazik in parts unknown. A lot of sixty. Jeez, this is this may have set the record, which was twenty-two. Chris Bergeron in Denver. Uh, Patrick Vaughn in uh, Traverse City, which is where JC and his fiance were just last week. Sir Patrick Vaughn in Traverse City, which is a nice little place, by the way. Ruzbeth Ibadi in Toronto. Robert Gold, Sir Robert Gold in Toronto. Oops, sorry. He's 6666, so that closes out the segment. Mm. One, two, three, mm. four, five, mm. six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah, there's going to be a lot. I'll count them later. 69! 69, dude! Tight. <laughs> Sir Robert Gold in Toronto, 6666. Uh, steeped in superstition, he says. Brett Raftis in Edmonton. Another new, a, lot of, Edmonton a lot of new Canadian donors, too, which is nice to see. Yeah, 6590. It's probably the only time they get real news out of the United States, that's for sure. A bunch of bull crap they must hear, especially in those CNN world. Dan McCormick in Westfield, Indiana, 6033. Uh, he wants to plug mod, mod, Monderno.com, M-O-N-D-E-R-N-O, reviews and discusses guns. <laughs> nice. Hey, we're a gun reviewer. <laughs> Helen Barbour in Australia, John Groomling in Aspen, Colorado, Kevin Ayers in Broomfield, Colorado, 55, 55, and 55, 10. Also, double nickels on the dime from Robert Kane in Alabama. Uh, Joseph McLeod in Winnipeg, double nickels on the dime. Another Canadian, loves the show. Oh, by the way, Robert uh, Kane, N4IXT73. You know what uh, I like about Joseph McLeod, who's a new donor? He says, uh, makes my walks and commutes much more enjoyable during the long winters in the frozen north. Just imagine being up there. It's oh, in cold. Manitoba. Yeah. Yes. That's cold. Brr. Aaron Von Meter in Wasila, Wasilla, Alaska. That's you know where. That's yeah. actually this is actually a donation from uh from the Wasilla uh oh, I blew it. Sarah Palin. Double nickels on the dime's not. Yeah, which which I, I don't, never which, mind, she blew the joke. Yeah, it really sucked. He says he can't afford to donate, he's broken, unemployed, and he needs a cracked tooth pulled. But he's not going to put up with not, you know, being part of the community. So he donated double nickels on the dime. Chris Whitten in Millboro, Virginia, 55 bucks. It'll be his last jingle request. And unfortunately, it's just going to be karma. We're going to do it at the end. Lee Kenyon in Plainfield, New Jersey, 54 
William Martins and Vin Vineland, by, Ontario. By, by the way, that number fifty four ninety two is three thirty three to the power of three thirty three. Three dot three three times, or to the power of three dot three three, is fifty four ninety two. I'm always interested in the numbers why why people do that, and I like that. That's an interesting one. Uh, Wilhelm Martins uh, says, uh, "Quit your whining and keep the three hour shows." <laughs> Eric Schmidt, Eric Schmidt from oh, he's from Leipzig. It's not our Eric Schmidt. Oh it's damn, Eric Schmidt in in Deutschland. I'm just gonna say it's Eric Schmidt from Google. What? He's a cheap bastard. Yeah, really, double it with fifty-one fifty. <laughs> Eric yeah, Schmidt, cheap bastard, Eric. Uh, but no, this is the other Schmidt. This one with a K. Anonymous in Fitchburg, Wisconsin, fifty-one twenty-three, and finally Daniel Smith in Christchurch, double uh, fifty dollars and ten cents. Caddy McKernan, Roanoke, Virginia, fifty. Everyone's fifty. Jason Fortune, Geneva, Illinois. Paul Vella, Sir Paul Vella in Buckinghamshire, and Milton Keynes. Uh, Nicholas Michelli in Schenectady, another fine place. Uh, Eric Wilka, Sir Eric in Russiaville, Indiana. Sir Howard Gutnicht in Seattle, Washington. Uh, comments on the beer sometime uh, by email. Paul Prattley in French's Forest, New South Wales. And finally, Sir Joe Collins, uh, 50 bucks, along with Felix Pothast. In Sweden, I believe, or no, Gitmo Nation Sauerkraut's got to be in uh, Germany, Deutschland. He calls it Gitmo Nation Sauerkraut later. Göttingen, Göttingen, I think it is. I, or it's Göttingen. Is it Göttingen? I, I don't know. I just, it's got a little symbol here for three of the letters. Yeah. William Dolgus in Bristolville, Ohio. It says, "Keep up the good work." And scrolling down, we got Robert Kruger and Aliso Viejo, Johannes something. Blocked out. Uh, something blocked uh, out. He's in Sweden, I believe. Why can't we get PayPal to give us the the name so we can freaking read him? Tom Quist. It's, tur- Tom- it's probably Turnquist. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy Ayers. Yeah, I know, really. I mean, was it that hard? It's called Omnicode. I mean, not e- Elon good. Musk can build a battery car and can put rockets in space, but we can't read a Scandinavian name through his old company, PayPal. Seriously, Elon. He hates the Scandinavians. That must be true. Jeremy Ayers in Las Cruces, New Mexico, and Aaron Huber in God knows where. Petak Tikva. Don't know. And finally, Christopher That's, Walker. It's uh, not Paratactikva. Uh, Christopher Walker's in Parts Unknown. I wonder where well, let's just put Paratactikva. Is it Israel? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Paratactikva. I have a feeling I'm putting it's... putting it in the Book of Knowledge. Yeah, Israel. Ha! Ha! Looks nice there, by the way. Yeah, it's in Israel. Yeah. It's also known as M. Hamoshavat, mother of the Moshevat. Oh, if you just said M. Hamoshavat, I would have known. Yeah, it says this right dead center of uh, <laughs> the country. Wow. Okay. Um, so, in addition to that, I would personally like to thank, and we're going to give out, you know, I want you all to bend. Well, first of all, for all of these uh, producers, as you know, uh, over fifty dollars. Uh, we mention your name, so if you want to be anonymous, you really have to state it specifically or donate under fifty. Um, uh, we highly appreciate you. Cause a lot of you are new, stepping up, 
uh, dedouching yourselves, uh, giving us the value for value. This, of course, you know, is exactly what makes me feel like we have a model that'll work. Um, so if everyone who who we've mentioned so far, please bend over. Here comes a karma for you. You've got karma. Why do they have to bend over? Because of that, it, it, the karma can get in easier. And uh, everyone else, and it's we, an enema karma. Is that what you're doing? <laughs> everyone else who is under fifty dollars, uh, either for financial reasons or reasons of anonymity, thank you. And I, and what really, really, I mean, I think I answered everybody who sent me an email saying I'm signing up for a subscription, four dollars, five dollars, eleven, eleven per month, uh, or even a one time. Thank you. That's all we've ever asked for is, you know, even if you, that is, if we can get another percent of people to do that, boy, when we, then we can spend more time on deconstructing media and hitting people in the mouth instead of, you know, having complete meltdowns, which may be very entertaining to you, John, but it's, uh, I I lose weight when that happens to me. (laughs) I lose actual weight. You know Maybe the, I should melt down. I could lose some weight. <laughs> well, it's just, and, and I don't want to do it anymore. You know, it's like, I it just, I can't. And and I, it's not like I'm doing it on purpose, but I just, it, go, I go crazy because I'm like, what am I yeah, doing? Well, I figured it was only twice a year, twice a year. No, that's Max. not, we're not going to do this. We're not going to melt happens down. happens again in August when things crap out. So if you're new to the program or if you have not understood how it works, we have no commercials on this show and we cannot have them because then we could never discuss the topics that we discuss um, because advertisers, they're always... Not only do they want to control their message that you're communicating, you know, and, and by the way, I saw Adam, uh, what's, you know, Adam versus the man, um, Adam Kokesh, you know him? No. Yeah, he has a, yeah, he's a very popular guy in the uh, liberty movement. Um, he was, he, oh, yeah, 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 know no, him. I know. You know him. So first of all, it seems like, does he get stoned before he does his show? Because he looked really, really wasted. Well, he was at South by Southwest. No, no, no. I saw a video of him talking, uh, funny enough, um, ranting about Bitcoin and how awesome it is. But it was so funny. He said it was awesome? Yeah, oh, yeah. But it was so funny is because he had to, but then he also had to say, but, you know, you also gold is also great because one of his main sponsors is like a gold and silver company. Oh right, he can't go on and on about Bitcoin. No, so so so, so he had yeah. he had to keep saying, you know, you know, Bitcoin is fantastic, it's awesome, but you also should uh, get some gold. gold. <laughs> it was like, dude, don't you understand that you know th- this is exactly the problem? This is exactly the problem. Is you know you're compromised. He's, he's, so he's already filtering, and and he was stoned, I think, because it was it was having trouble communicating the ideas. You know, it's okay because I I I think I've done this show stoned more than not. Yeah, well, I well, think you're at the point. No, no, no we're getting maybe, maybe. <laughs> we're over the tipping point. We're at the tipping point, yeah, because yeah. you've been sober for a sober. I hate that. <laughs> you have to say, hey, no, I've been sober since such a. Who cares? And the other, you know, another term I put in the red book. I got to put it out there. I hate this term, baby bump. Oh man! Oh yes, no, that's that is. But it, interesting. Why are you really? I felt an emotional thing there with the sober term. What's uh, what's going on with that? Nothing. It just bugs me. I mean, it's like it's just like I drink wine with my meals, and I've had people. Well, I'm sober since so so they're as if they're superior to someone who makes wine as part of their daily habit. 
because it's some good way to digest <laughs> food and it's probably good for the heart. But this sober, I'm sober sense, like, I don't care if you're, you're having a great time being sober. Why are you bragging about it? <laughs> Just be, enjoy it. You like being sober? Great. <laughs> Wow. Who was it that did that, that pissed you off to no end? I need to know this. pissed me off a number of times. There were two incidences that were particularly annoying, but I won't go into that. And did you kick them out of your house? They weren't in the house, thank God. Did you they leave would... the restaurant? Get out! <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, so when we, so, no, I just haven't. Uh, that's not true. I smoked, uh, I smoked uh, a bowl of weed on my birthday, but I was, it was disgusting. This week? No, when I, when my birthday. Remember, what was that? Do you remember when Mickey and I woke up in someone else's house? Didn't I tell you that? <laughs> Didn't I tell you this, this story? Is a new story. <laughs> yes, no. When it was my birthday, the last past September... And Mickey said, "Come, I, I know it. I didn't say bed though, right? Yeah, no, we were it, Just by it, yourselves. It wasn't like a group. <laughs> well, so we. Uh, <laughs> I can't believe I didn't tell you this story. This no. okay. So yes, you may no. have, but it obviously, I, this is something I would have remembered. Okay, so you want to hear the story briefly? Yeah. Well, if you let's want to close out the segment, let's close out the segment. I got other stuff to talk about. All right, we'll talk about that story first. Then I have a story that relates to advertising a little bit." Well, we we have birthdays and nights, so what do you want to do? Let's do the birthdays and nights, and then you tell me the story about you being in the bed with all these people. org slash N-A. It's a birthday, birthday, Some shout-outs to the following people. Sir Oscar Nadal celebrates today along with Narada Staple, known of Narada Michael Staple fame. Simon Bennett celebrates tomorrow. Chris Witten says happy birthday to his son Gunner turning three. Ah, hey, kid, you were embarrassed. Now that you're listening to this when you're 15 and your dad taped it for you. And Katie uh, McKiernan says happy birthday to her husband. He turns 45 on the 13th. Happy birthday from your buddies here at the best podcast in the universe. It's and we have a nice list of uh, people. Uh, you got to, the saber today. You have the saber. Woo! Careful with that thing. It's kind of sharp. Let me get mine here for a second. Uh, so uh, norm, this, the list is uh, longer than normal, so I want to uh, give you the names first, and then we'll do the nighting, because uh, quite honestly, the whole nighting music isn't long enough. So today we are congratulating and, and welcoming to the uh, uh, the table that is round where all the no agenda nights sit, the following people. Uh, Robert Frapples, Joseph Ransom. Now we have Rick. Did Rick have a na last name, or was, it just, uh, was that an anonymous? He just wanted to be known as Rick, just Sir Rick is what he'll be? Mm. I'm looking now. Yeah. Okay. I think it was. I think that's what it was. Um, Mark Fusco, Ulrich Hansen, and Fusco. By <clears throat> the way, Fusco. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Ulrich Hansen, who will be, I guess, a Scandinavian knight, and uh, uh, Sir Gene Naftuliev, who is uh, has now completed three rounds of knighthoods, has requested that we knight. Uh, Mr. Oil on his behalf, uh, and mention uh, that this is uh, not only for all he does on keeping the show running on the back end, but also for his exciting life change. Mr. Oil's become Mrs. Oil? <laughs> <laughs> all right, gentlemen. 
gentlemen, step forward as I am very proud to welcome you to the roundtable of the Noah and the Knights. So I hereby pronounce the Sir Robert, Sir Joseph, Sir Rick, Sir Mark, Sir Ulrich, and Sir Mr. Oil as Knights of the No Agenda Roundtable. Gentlemen, please come on over for you. Hookers and blow, rent boys and chardonnay, hot pants and booze, wenches and beer, rubinets, women and rosé, gushes and sake, vodka and vanilla, bong hits and bourbon, sparkling cider and escorts, and mutton and mead. And maybe some mac and cheese with some people in there, if you're lucky. Uh, so thank you all very much. Uh, great to have you as No Agenda Knights. You can see all the pins at noagendanation.com. These are people who really believe in what we're doing, are supporting it, and uh, get the value. They enjoy what we do, and we enjoy you supporting us doing it. And uh, thank you again. And uh, and all of the current knights uh, look forward to new levels of royalty to which you can climb. So we're um, excited about that. All right. <clears throat> You were going to say something about donations. You had- no, no, no. We're going to go back to the story now. <laughs> so you're in somebody's house. Was this during the tour? No, no, no. We were. We oh, this were- is in Texas? Yes. Oh, home of the swingers. <laughs> so- were they swingers and they were going to try to talk? I had a friend from high school that ran off and he, he had you, a- you, you have told us this story. Okay, I won't tell it again then. But he became a swinger. That, that's the I know, end of the story. And, and, and he so, I, so every time I hear a story about you know somebody showing, oh, I, I come on over to the house. Hey, how you doing? Hey, hey, your wife is pretty. And then they get you apart, and they both throw a sales pitch on you to get you to make out with them, and then you're swingers. Hey, finally I got Adam. He's a swinger. Swinger. I know your buddy came over, and then you're having a wine. He says, "Hey, I'm a swinger," and you're like, "Hey, get the fuck out." <laughs> uh, no. Then you told us the whole story about how his how his wife uh, his wife actually she went first. I remember the story. I, I, I've but this has nothing to do with our story. Okay, go on. Really, it's not that interesting. Well, it was sounding interesting. You <laughs> up in a strange bed in a mansion from the in, night before in, in a mansion in in a mansion, no less. Ooh. So I'll I'll I'll, t- I'll give you what I remember. What I remember is Okay, <clears throat> let me get this. So let me say what the story probably is. You went to somebody's house, you got no, stoned. No, no. I said, "Look, we got a bedroom." <clears throat> no, 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 no. You're wrong. Huh. <clears throat> no. Uh it was my birthday and Ms. Mickey said, "What do you want to do?" I said, "I want to go out dancing with you because we never go dancing." You know, do like a club or something. Like, you know, do let's go crazy. Anyone who gets video of this dancing episode, <laughs> please send it to me. I'll post it. And uh, so then, then, you know, she's like, oh, well, I'll, I'll arrange something. So the arrangement turned out to be, first of all, uh, I got kind of hijacked. There was a stretch limo, which I hate, but, you know, stretch limo with babes. I'm talking like models, like really hot, sexy models, some of them lesbian. In the, uh, in the limo. In, waiting. The, in the limo, yes. Um, naked? Sorry? Were they dressed? Yeah, no, they're skimpily. Mm. Scantily, skimpy, scantily. Scantily clad. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, uh, but also, you know, a bunch of other friends and, you know, some extravagant gay guys and just to use them. I think there was a, a mechanical bull somewhere. I, can't, I remember something briefly. That's a big limo. Yeah. <laughs> that was a big ass limo. And then they dressed me in like these super like hipster oh, clothes. They glommed on you and started dressing yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they dressed me in like all kinds of glittery stuff and did my hair. And then they just, you know, got me completely wasted and took me around town. And all I remember is the next morning, Miss Mickey and I woke up in, in, a, in, a, in a mansion. 
Uh, end up with a bunch of photos of, in compromised <laughs> positions, like bent over the, I have, the hot tub. With I, some, I, I have not seen them yet. And so, you know, we had to do that whole we walk. We him out with a roofie. What are we going to do now? <laughs> it took me two days to recover. You were roofied. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I do remember, though, someone said, hey, smoke this. I'm like, oh, weed. Haven't had that in years. <laughs> and I'm like, and it was like, uh, it was, I was like, all right, what am I, in high school? But I don't remember much after that. Yeah, of course not. And uh, and that's it. I'm not. I'm, I'm not interested. I'm just. I'm just. I gave up. I'm not interested. And you know, hey, I'm still. It's been more than half a year now, smoke free entirely, no cigarettes. Did you have a sore butt after this? <laughs> All right. What, let's get back to something important. This is this is okay. crazy. So, I, so I'm talking about you know the, our freedom to say what we want, <laughs> like the sore butt gag <laughs> on this show because we have value for value. <laughs> yeah, how does that work? So I have a, I had a completely different take on this, and it, this is the kind of thing you can do. I have this cute David Ike clip that he was in New York City roaming around and doing his, some videos for his website, and and he stumbled upon the Brown Brothers Harriman Bank where they were taking pictures outside, and and this clip ensued. And then my take on it after researching the bank was a little different than his. It's, we've got this real kind of contrast here. Over there is uh, the part where all the protesters have been. And over here is um, staff, it seems, from Brown Brothers Harriman. This is this, fa I mean, if you look at it, look at the size of the freaking building. Uh, Brown Brothers Harriman are one of the major Illuminati banks of the last, uh, well, going back to the, uh, the 1800s. And they're having their picture taken here. This is the, the kind of 1% that the people are talking about. And, uh, you know... While people are suffering and, and, and people are losing their homes and, and, and are going into the streets, uh, these people are, uh, are working for the, the, the companies, the system that's actually doing it. And they'll have no problem. You know, we, we had a situation uh, not long ago, about a, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, where there was a company that had a, you know, every year they had uh, like, a, like a party with a theme. And it was a company that was throwing people out of their homes, uh, often illegally. Uh, during this mayhem that we've been going through, and they had this theme party. The people were actually doing it where they dressed as poor, uh, uh, homeless people who'd been thrown out of their homes <laughs> yeah. and all the rest of it. I mean, talk about no empathy. Go on, they're going back into their, they're going back into their big, big, uh, big building now to do uh, more mayhem for the world. I, I do remember that party. I, I remember the pictures showing up all over the web of uh, of the bank, the bankers dressing up the as bums. Yeah, I remember that. It was it was funny. So I looked into this bank. So this bank started in the early 1800s. They fi helped finance the Civil War. They invented the idea of letters of credit. They had Prescott Bush on their board. Oh, they, all they financed the Nazis is what you're saying. Well, they, I think they financed everything, but they had the bank is so well established as probably Illuminati Bank. Uh, over the years, then I'm thinking, this is a great bank. I'm going to try to get an account there. <laughs> it's a great bank. Will they accept this bank? It's got to be as good as Mechanics Bank. I mean, come on. But will they accept Bitcoin? Uh, well, <laughs> fantastic. But I think the you know the the, the knee jerk thing is oh the horrible bank. I'm thinking right. no. This is this is where you want to let me in the building. This is where you want to put all your ten bucks. This is fantastic. I got uh, just a couple, uh, a couple things, and something that I think plays into uh, what I see on your list here. First of all, um, there's a new study out from the British Journal of Social Psychology 
which I would like to read the abstract. Uh, you know, we are in, uh, right now it's time for the DSM again. <clears throat> you know the DSM? I do know the DSM. Yeah. Do you know the DSM? So the DSM is uh, the big uh, Bible that uh, uh, the, uh, psychiatrists and psychologists. they just did one. I think it's coming out now. It's now. It's this month. Isn't the one? Isn't the one you've been reading from the one that's already out? No, or it's what? all the proposed. Well, they have four, five is coming out, and uh, it's a diagnosis something manual. Yeah, it's a, so there's all the, you know people submit and they try and get their their illness in there so that they, you know they can sell the medication. Uh, but here, uh, here we have um, very interesting because it's about conspiratorial thinking. And I want, and and, I, and I'll read you the abstract, and then I think we can conclude what they're saying. But <clears throat> so they did, a, and it's a serious study. This is the New England Journal of Social Psychology, British Journal of Social Psychology. Sounds official to me. Does that sound? <laughs> we advanced a new account of why people endorse conspiracy theories, arguing that individuals use the social cognitive tool of projection when making social judgments about others. In two studies, we found that individuals were more likely to endorse conspiracy theories if they thought they would be willing personally to participate in the alleged conspiracies. Study one established an association between conspiracy beliefs and personal willingness to conspire, which huh. fully mediated a relationship between Machiavellianism and conspiracy beliefs. In study two, Participants primed with their own mor morality were less inclined than controls to endorse conspiracy theories, a finding fully mediated by personal willingness to conspire. In other words, these results suggest that some people think they conspired because they think that they would actually conspire. I find this fascinating. Yeah, I've never thought of it that way, but I can see this. I'm sure I... So I need to be. It makes sense with you. Yeah, I need to be medicated. You'd quickly. love to go off in a spacecraft. <laughs> I need to. Yes, you I'd were going to meet a spaceman sometime back, if I recall. Of course, he never showed up. An alien. It wasn't a spaceman. It was an alien. <laughs> spaceman. It was supposed to be a gray. It was kind of lame. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other one. This is a bill in Connecticut. Now, of course, what happened in Connecticut with the, the children out there in Newtown? They, you know, a child killed the children. So, what do we have to do? Well, John, you'll love this. This is a Senate uh, bill, and the uh, state Senate, of course. <clears throat> uh, Section 10.206 of the general statutes be amended to require each pupil enrolled in public school at grades 6, 8, 10, and 12, and each homeschool child, ages 12, 14, and 17, to have a confidential behavioral health assessment... The result. So, does your dad believe that uh, we landed on the moon? The results of no, which, he doesn't. Which shall be disclosed only, only to the child's parent or guardian and each healthcare provider performing a child's behavioral health assessment to complete the appropriate form supplied by the state board of education, verifying that the child has received the assessment. They're going to literally check to see if you're normal, even if you're homeschooled. Well, that's the homeschoolers aren't going to put up with that crap. Well, it's. Uh, I think all it needs is uh, a proof. Would they have to say yes, and they're it's good to go? Yeah, you'll see. 
It's it, it's this it's Connecticut, dude. It's not Berkeley. Oh, Connecticut, oh, the worst. Oh, by the way, I want to mention. I forgot to mention this during the segment. We actually closed the book on today's show in terms of the donations a, a couple hours early because of the time change. So some people would think they got their donation in on time. We'll have to wait till Thursday. Oh, yeah, good point. Uh, let's see what else I had was it. Well, th- did you get this? Uh, so we identified what three weeks ago the change, and it was there's an actual change in definition. It's happening all the time now. Words matter uh, in the definition of IED. So at this point, uh, we know that uh, you know if you have a, a bomb in your underpants, that's not an underpants bomb. That's an IED. Uh, everything is an IED, an improvised explosive device. And so now all of a sudden the Newark airport, uh, and I didn't get any reports. Did you get any reports on this? Because instead the of... The GSA bomb BS story? That's the one. Do you have that? I have that? a clip. Play it. Uh, oh, yes, indeed you do. Love it. Thank you. Security concerned to tell you about at Newark Airport. Listen to this. An undercover agent managed to slip past security with a fake bomb, then board a commercial plane. He had the device stuffed in his pants. He went through two security Woo! screenings, even got a pat down. <laughs> uh, this report didn't mention IED. The ones I saw on television, which I didn't clip, all said IED. And it wasn't anything. It was a phony bomb. Yeah, but they all talk. But that's the point. It couldn't it, have exploded. But if you look at the uh, report and the headline, the headline was very, very clear. Because if, if this is the this is the headline you want to you want to Google, uh, TSA screeners allow Fed agent with fake bomb. This, you know, this everyone copied. This is, it was like they sent out a press release. Yeah, they did. It's all the same. This is to sell some new piece of gear from Chertoff, I'm sure. Well, funny you say that because the president came out with an executive order. You know how much I love reading those. Uh, and I, this one, I, I mean, it was impossible. This executive order, you know, if the president actually sat down and said, I'm going to write this executive order, well, then he needs uh, to uh, be awarded a Nobel Prize for for something. And this is... The uh, Executive Order of Reformed Export Controls. And it's here by the authority vested in me, Laws of America, uh, the Arms Export Control Act as amended. And that's just all these things. Section 301, Title 3, Section 1, Delegation of Functions. Under those sections 3 of the Act 22 U.S.C. 2753, the exception of subsections A, 1, B, C, 3, C, 4, F, 22 U.S.C. 2753, A, 1, B, C, 3, C, 4, and F. The Secretary of State, Secretary of State, and the delegated functions under Section 3A, D of the Act. Under Sections 5, 22, I mean, just it, all it is, is le- it's a big legal document, which I, I don't even know where to start with this. He's not saying anything. Uh, well, of course, then they then they give you a fact sheet which I'm sure is bogus today the administration announced two key steps to further the goals of President Obama's export control reform initiative which is a common sense approach to overhauling the nation's export control system now this of course is about weapons uh, and then this whole fact sheet tells us about weapons and I don't know I don't under, I really this is beyond my government legislation uh, analysis capabilities, but what I do know is that immediately in the Federal Register, two export notifications showed up. Uh, the most interesting one, uh, here we go, which is $600 million to the country of Iraq, and that is uh, for uh, scanners. What? Yeah. 
Rapid scanners for what? Description, uh, 90 M45 Rapiscan Mobile Eagle. Oh, get those damn things out of the warehouse. Exactly. We took them out of the airports. What are we going to do with these things? I have an idea. Yeah, let's do an executive order so we can then sell this stuff to the government of Iraq has requested a possible sale of 90 M45 Rapiscan Mobile High Energy Mobile System Vehicles, 40 M60 Rapiscan Mobile High Eagle High Energy Mobile System Vehicles, 70. It's just on and on and on. Um, uh, spare parts, support equipment. Uh, U.S. government contract uh, estimated cost six hundred dollars. The proposed sale directly supports the Iraqi government and serves the interests of the Iraqi people and the United States. How do these people get away with this bullshit? <laughs> and it says right here: uh, prospective purchaser, Iraq. Total estimated value. Six hundred million dollars. Major defense equipment, zero million. Other, six hundred million. <laughs> I love that other. It's just other. Don't worry other. about it. And okay. we also we also sold a whole bunch of crap uh, to um, Australia. You know what we sold there? We sold like two billion dollars worth of stuff. Now this poor Australians, they get screwed by us. Two point six. Here it is. Major defense equipment. Oh, I love that. Just it's so fun when you read that. I noticed proposal to um, total value three point seven billion, major defense equipment two point six billion, other one point one billion. Other. <laughs> it says other. We're selling Super Hornets. Let's see, twelve FA eighteen. Oh, we're selling you the the lame plane. Some jets. Yeah, it's twelve Growlers. Fifty four GE four hundred two. A Growler. Twelve Growlers. What beer are they putting in that thing? It's that's an I don't know what that is. It's an EA eighteen G Growler aircraft. Oh, aircraft. Yeah, F four fourteen GE four hundred two engines, forty eight installed, six spares, two engine inlet devices. What else do we got here? Are we selling anything? Some tactical, <laughs> some tactical radio systems. Ooh, we are selling you. Hello, Australia. Seventy two uh, LAU guided missile launchers. Fifteen. M61A2 Vulcan cannons. Are they expecting to attack? Somebody expecting to attack Australia? <laughs> I don't know. Who's attacking Australia? The, the New Zealanders? I don't think so. 32 night vision goggles. Uh, let's see. Combined. Shiners in- coming after Ooh. the Aussies. We have 40 ANAPX. Why take a chance? Combined interrogator transponders. Mm. We've got uh, communications, 100 digital management devices. What the hell is that? We got uh, computers, ooh, thirty-six navigation systems. Uh, we have thirty distributed targeting systems. Sim- okay, I think you made your point. Anyway, sent a lot of junk to the Australians because they <laughs> are afraid of the Chinas. Yeah, of that old crap. Hey, welcome. Enjoy the old crap we're sending to you. Yeah, and then uh, let me see. Uh, I just have two leftover clips, and then we should get out of here. Leftover clip number one is from Diane Feinstein, who is trying to remove, uh, uh, slowly chipping away at the gun ownership in the United States of Gitmo Nation. Uh, did you know it's legal to hunt humans, John? No. Up and ban these weapons. The other very important part of this bill is to ban large capacity ammunition feeding devices, those that hold over 10 rounds. We have federal regulations and state laws that prohibit hunting ducks with more than three rounds, and yet it's legal to hunt humans. 
with 15 rounds, 30 rounds, <laughs> even 150 round magazines. Thank you. <laughs> I have a Feinstein clip too that one of our uh, producers just, sent in. I just want to clarify that it's legal to hunt humans for your mac and cheese dish. Yeah, and you only want 10 rounds, though. It's like it's illegal for ducks over three, so it's got humans 10. <laughs> Apparently, so she she called uh, Brennan. She's talking. This is a mediocre clip, but it came in. Well, she almost called him Mister Drone. Uh, is it my understanding that I have a half hour on behalf of the majority of the Intelligence Committee to make a statement uh, in support of Mister Dro- uh, Mister Brennan? <laughs> Wait a minute. Do you think the, <laughs> do you ever think she was saying Mister Drone? Yeah. You know that you know you know he was uh, he, he 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 took his oath, Mister Drone. Did you hear about what happened? No. Oh, he took. So there's a picture of him taking the oath. You know, because of course he has to swear to defend. He's now the director of the CIA. Has to swear to defend and uphold the Constitution, and he takes it with um, the, these elites. Man, they throw it in my face. It makes me so angry. They do this. Um, so he took the oath of office. Uh, he did it with a. Uh, a draft, co- so he puts his hand on a draft copy of the Constitution, including notations from George Washington from 1787. Uh, unfortunately, when he vowed to protect and defend the Constitution in this swearing-in ceremony, he was basically swearing in uh, on a Constitution that did not include the first, first, the fourth, the fifth, or the sixth amendments. So- <laughs> So he's like, yeah, I promise. Yeah, I'm all in. <laughs> I'm all in except for those. And it's like, I mean, what kind of what kind of cruel joke is this? It's very funny. Do do we not understand that the guy is basically saying, I don't, I, I don't give a shit. Well, I've got one little offbeat story just to, just to close out with that I've been meaning to say over the last couple of shows. So, and you can, everyone can Google this and, and get a look at these things. There are now apparently, uh, there's been a mutation uh, in the world of uh, mammals. And now apparently uh, Iran is crawling with 20 pound super rats that they actually have to shoot in the streets with high powered weaponry. And these things don't even look like rats. Or somehow in the world, I think we've done this to them. Is this a clip or? A... No, there's no clip. I'm just telling. You, Google it. Giant oh. rat, Iran, and see one of these things. They're like a they're like a large dog. <laughs> can I? Can you domesticate them? Well, I don't know. I don't. They might be good at eating, for all you know. Oh my God! Yes. Wow. So you think that we uh, we? I think we've contaminated Iran with a genetically mutated <laughs> super rat, which cascaded. You know, there's a th- phenomenon. They they did this with dog breeding. They'll notice that when you start to breed a dog a certain way, the certain genetic qualities will change. But then all of a sudden, you get what's called the cascade effect, and a whole bunch of genes will change at once, and the dog will be have white fur that's curly, and he's got a small spot nose. All these different things happen all at once that weren't really bred. They just ha- happen to happen. They happen to happen because of a cascade effect in genetic uh, engineering. This happens. So I think we got a genetic cascade because this doesn't. This has a funny pig-like snout. Yeah. It's huge and fat, and it's got all kinds of new characteristics that we've never seen in rats before. Here's the, the unintended consequence. Somebody or somehow one of these rats is going to get into New York City. Oh, yeah, no, and, uh, it's, couple. oh it's all over then. It's all over. It's like we couldn't, we couldn't contain Stuxnet. 
part of Olympic Games, which we created, confirmed, and admitted. So, oh my God, I got maybe this is a video of a report. Twenty-five million giant. March the fourth, two thousand and thirteen. The capital of Iran, the city of Tehran, has been plagued with monstrous giant rats. <laughs> An alarming 25 million rats, which is double the population, have overwhelmingly jumped from 60 grams to 5 kilos. These rats have rapidly grown up to 11 pounds, outgrowing the size of their arch nemesis, the cat. Not only have they outgrown cats, but cats are also afraid of them. Though easily <laughs> recognized by their size and strange features, is this the onion? these rats are also poison oh, resistant. Several military what? sniper units have been deployed. Is this the? Tell me, it's not the onion. And the amount killed so far hasn't even put a dent in this apocalyptic mass rat invasion. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, there's basically one picture of a super rat. Yeah, I know it may be a bogus story in some ways, but it's it shows up a lot, and I think it's quite possible that they have. I don't know if all oh, the whole rat population are these things. I don't believe that for a minute. But there's, there's, I can, I know about this cascading effect with genetic uh, change. When you try to breed stuff, you get all of a sudden the dog changes completely. I think that's what happened with these rats. We got these monster rats. Well, so some joker in the State Department said, "Hey, I got a great idea. Let's well, bomb these rats, drop them in Iran in one of the uh, one of our drones. Let the put them in the drone and let them open it. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of possibilities, but I think this that we planted them." Well, this is, you know, there is so much crazy uh, genetic manipulation uh, going on. And, you know, there's, we know all about, you know, people crossing animals with humans. There's all kinds of crazy crap that is happening. So it doesn't surprise me. Uh, but wow, you know, they're, they're trying to take away our 30 round magazines. <laughs> the, We're going to need them when these rats get over here. Can you imagine this? I mean, that, that thing's frightening. Oh, man. All right. Well, yeah, people should look into this. Well, we shall definitely look into it. All right. Well, um, let's see. Uh, we'll be doing... Uh, there was a big uh, shut-up slave moment in... Uh, see, where was that? That was all. That was in uh, Hartford, Connecticut, I think. We'll, well, we'll deal with all that on Thursday. It's going to be plenty to talk about. Uh, I'll see if I can find any good douchebag stories uh, here at South by Southwest. Uh, Miss Mickey and I, uh, you know, we're going to... Make lemonade out of the lemons and use the passes. Is it still going on? Oh, it goes on for months. Oh, God. It goes, people are here for weeks at a time. Well, go say hi to some of the listeners. And speaking of that, a No Agenda producer update shall commence today with Sir Gene uh, in the uh, in the, uh, in the the posse, along <laughs> with uh, Sir uh, Gitmo Slave and, I guess, uh, uh, Sir 19-inch uh, Rack... Void Zero, and perhaps the freshly minted Sir Oil. Thank you all very much for supporting our value for value model. Continue to do that. We do need your support at Dvorak.org slash NA. And until we speak on Thursday, coming to you from the intersection of SoCo and MoFo and the Travis Heights hideout in the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where I have my eye out for the giant rats. <laughs> I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll talk to you again on Thursday, right here on No Agenda. The best podcast in the universe. Dvorak.org slash N-A.